1: Folks, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Porter. Here we have Rich Lotta, and Rich starts the show, and I'm looking at the camera. and He's shaking his head, so you already know what kind of week this is starting out. Um, Rich, uh, I guess we start with MJF. So, um, God you want to you go? You want to go through the uh, through the details, and then we'll and then we'll talk about it, or what do you want to do?
2: Sure. Um, so, j- shortly before we went on air for One Nation Radio came across my timeline i got a couple text messages that mjf apparently had been saying nigga on his instagram account in 2014 as well as uh um and he has had this thing um people have uncovered this and screenshotted him um and he was addressing someone, you know, but not calling them the word necessarily. Either way, the words on his account. Uh, the funniest thing, I think, on this thing is it says 469 weeks ago. Um, oh, bleep me on that other R word, James. Sorry. Just had to kind of get it out. Uh,
1: I, I can do, do it the, in post, but in like, the it's, post. Just gonna be, yeah. it's just going to live on the stream. Yeah.
2: Yeah, bleep me in post. But, um, yeah, I saw this about an hour ago and I think it's, um, uh, God damn it. Look, MJF, you better get yourself out of it. You, you're a great talker. You're a great orator. Uh, get yourself out because, because I can't help you here, partner.
1: I don't want to help him. Like, <laughs> I have no inclination to help him. Like, you, like you're like you saying the right things about you can't help him. Like, my thing is, like, now I need to stand further away than you are. I don't want to help either. You on your own. Um, MJF said this stuff. It was a long... It was a while ago. It was, a two, you know, it was almost a decade ago. I don't fucking care. He should have said that shit. Um, and that's the thing. And he's young, obviously. So, to, so I have to do the math on however young he really is when he said this. Um if you are willing to forgive him I'm saying this is a young person that says something dumb and stupid, I would say I will wait for an apo- from a, apology from the man he is today. Uh, before you give that out there, uh, before you just immediately uh, accept the apology on behalf of whatever community you don't actually belong to. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he stepped in it and it came back. And this is the thing that's like a uh, part of social media is people, you know, gain notoriety and people look through to see if they've said things in their past that are, terrible and uh they got him and um how whatever he handle, however he handles this is, is up and however he decides to address or not addresses is up to him and uh people will you know decide on what they think of him or how they their uh they their opinions change on him after this and um i think that's more than fair so um shouldn't have said that shit
2: yeah um and regardless of what the the outset is of this all tends to be because obviously when these things happen it try people try to open up larger conversations about intent and um if this person's a racist i don't care about any, any of that you right. know let's let's just let's solve this problem here and then we can worry about uh anything else afterward
1: right. um because and- Often what happens in these conversations when it comes to a white person uh, stepping in it, right, and and doing a racism is it then turns from you did something to what this person is this or this one dreaded, dreaded R word for racist or not. And it becomes like not what the conversation was. It was like, hey, you said this, what the fuck? into whether or not trying to determine what's in somebody's heart or in their soul and their spirit and their character. And it's like, don't care, bro. Like I am. So like, I think I always use this analogy. Like you have a kid and they stole something from the toy shop when you were, uh, while you were at like Publix or the grocery store, whatever else they grabbed, or they stole some candy or whatever else you are not concerned about whether or not your son is or your child or your daughter is a, uh, is now a, a future criminal mastermind or or is now gonna be some type of you know felon, you're more concerned about like, hey, you did something you weren't supposed to do, what the fuck? So for me it's always don't I fu- I don't care about that part. I don't care about that. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, I don't know these people. So like all these for you know, for all these years there've been plenty of people that are, you know, bigots and hateful people that I do not know in the public space uh, that I do not know otherwise. And because and that's life. But as far as like publicly, publicly facing or publicly facing people, whatever else, he said this shit in public. And now he's a public figure he's got to deal with this, or he should deal with this, whatever else. And that's on him. On however he handles it. So like, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm concerned about because at the end of the day, whether he says the right thing or not say anything at all, I'm never going to know what he is as a person because he's a worker. And plus, like, I don't know him. So, it, you know i don't care about that part
2: yeah um it, him being from long island and as you pointed out in the pre-show james america um <laughs> this doesn't exactly come as um some some shock what's up to all our listeners in in long island <laughs> but um yeah man uh he needs to get, come out in front of this I, I mjf is known to be perpetually online so um i don't think he can uh, plausibly deny this and, and be like, yeah, you know, I didn't see what was going on or anything like that. No, we have proof, sir. Like, <laughs> just about every promo you do, you know, <laughs> is like, you know, you're borrowing from, from different conversations that are going on and everything like that. So, uh, one can hope he comes out and apologizes, means it, and, uh, kind of goes from there. But, um, yeah, th- I, I, I kind of always look at, as James said, when there's a white athlete or there's somebody that's, like, getting a bunch of attention, a lot of, like, you know, kind of someone that's kind of turning into a star. It's like, all right, let, let's do the scan. Let, let's see. Let, let's see what's on there. And then you're either relieved or you're not. Um, And then it's up to you. Personally, I'm not – I kind of, like, stopped – caring about people's social media habits from a decade ago a little while ago mm-hmm. uh, this is a little different because obviously we're you know we're, we're pretty connected to this I'd say you know I, I really don't care what a football player said or anything like that but since this is uh, a little bit different I think he needs to fix this and you know that it's I don't think it's up to the company I don't, I don't think it's anything like that it's like yeah get your ass out here however you're gonna do it And talk to people because I know he has contacts that he can reach out to. I know that he has people he can kind of... I don't want to say... You mean all the black people he's done comedy skits with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I think there... And there's also, like, black people in media that he's friendly with and, you know, things like that. So, I think he can... Look... I think he knows right from wrong. Um then one can only hope that this isn't just swept under the rug because I'll always remember it.
1: Yep. Yep. Um I was thinking of the, uh, the pre, before we started recording the podcast, like, thinking of the conversations, like, is this, you know, we do the thing normally, like, when s- something grave happens before, like, should we now play the music? I was like, I was, I was thinking about, like, the idea, like, now it's time to play the music, but, like, we're not, we've already played the music, but, uh, yeah, uh, so where do you want to go from, from there? Um, Man. Because then, you know, later in the show, we're going to talk about MJF anyway, so, but uh, where do you want to start this uh, week? We can, we can start with the NBA Finals. Um Okay. <laughs>
2: Denver Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat four games to one. I believe both James and I said this would be a sweep. Yep. Um, And if they didn't steal game two, uh, I'm you know pretty certain we were almost we were wrong by three points, James. Yeah. Um, As the great Hakeem Olajuwon would say, we was wrong. (laughs) So, uh, you know, but um, this was a very fun uh kind of series like i to me it wasn't particularly heated it wasn't particularly like like drama filled, filled or anything aside from game five I, i i love game five um and it was really just cool to see like Jokic like just just handle his business. This was just, this oddly felt like one of the um one of the old Lakers titles. It's like yeah, the East team really ain't got none for him, but they are gonna try and everything like that. But this center is gonna fucking annihilate you, like and mm. then the guard over there, y'all ain't got none for him either. So uh, I I was uh pretty entertained by the Nuggets, and I I think they're uh they're an awesome team. Um, it's amazing that they did this with. Uh, the bench or lack thereof that they uh did it with. They were it felt like they were playing six guys, seven guys, um, especially like during portions of the Lakers series, and then as they were um getting towards their wins in the finals, um, but it, it really comes down to they got Jokic and um the Heat don't and no one else does really <laughs> as Jokic. But um this guy's This guy is very special, and I think he's someone that people are going to – I don't even know if the championship is going to silence the people that just either didn't get it, didn't want to get it, or anything like that, but um, there's no reason he can't stack a couple of these up. As long as uh, Jamal Murray's legs don't explode or anything like the last couple years, uh, this thing could have been starting earlier, James.
1: Yeah, I just think that the league, the way it is now, um, and also with the CBA going forward, it's going to be like the people that want to do the try to link up thing, like it's going to be, you're going to, have to put a lot of, sacrifice a lot of bread to make it happen in a way that like, is going to deter a lot of people from doing it. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the max salary thing is such a stupid concept to begin with. They should just open it all up. If you want to give Steph Curry 75% of the, of the salary ca- of your salary cap he deserves it he's good he's valuable enough to to uh to to be worth that amount of money and then you can like slot these salaries in in kind right uh but or you know uh, you know in the right kind of a uh, place but that's not going to happen and we are stuck with this antiquated system and now it seems like going forward even when you draft well you're gonna. It's gonna be similar to the NFL, where it's like even if you draft well, you'll be punished for drafting well. You will have to get rid of players that you drafted. Like, you know, you're looking at the 2000. You're looking at the the moves that the Nuggets made, um, and we'll get to like celebrating the Nuggets and the Yogi's in a second from my perspective. But uh, you look at like what the Nuggets did when they trade that they just had with um who was it? Was it the uh, Jazz? I can't remember who it was, but like they traded draft. They traded a, a first round. draft. Who?
2: I think it was the Thunder.
1: Yes, that's right. It's with Presty. That's right. They they flipped. Uh, they traded away like their 2027 or 2026 draft pick to get one of the Nuggets like for, or one of the uh, war chests of draft picks that the uh, Nuggets or sorry the Thunder had uh, in this draft. And it's like they're already plotting or is like okay. So the Thunder are expecting like post Jokic's peak to kind of be to be like you know a team that's going to be on the decline, obviously. And they're going to try to short them and say like, all right, if y'all stink or y'all blow it up and y'all don't have a good team, we'll get a lottery pick. Uh, <clears throat> and on the other end, the Nuggets are like, well, we need another draft pick here because like we need, you know, a cheap salary of a player that could possibly make an impact or whatever else. We'll take a lot ticket and we'll possibly have to deal with whatever happens with, you know, either Porter or Jamal Murray when it comes time over the next Three years, and that sucks. That like you draft those three guys together, or not together, but you draft those three guys, and like you're not gonna be able to keep this because the, the, the like the luxury tax will beat you over the head. Like that stinks, and like we already saw that you know earlier last decade with the Thunder, but like this is even this is even more punitive or whatever else was uh, was coming. Whereas like yeah, the Thunder should have kept James Harden and just paid him eighty million dollars and gone over the luxury tax because eventually. After James Harden left, what they end up doing? Paying the luxury tax. But now it's going to be Maybe. like, it's going to hammer you so, it's going to be so cost prohibitive to try to stack teams for like multiple years to, to go over the cap to where it's like, teams aren't going to do that. They're just going to blow this shit up. Like anytime there's some team that gets bounced in the second round that didn't like live, live up to expectations, they're going to blow that shit up immediately. A lot faster than were previous years. Like they're already talking about shopping Carl Anthony's house, right? It's already happening. And, you know, last uh, – or going into the offseason – or going into the season last year when I, I hated that trade, I was like, they're going to have to move Town Towns. That was before they had this stuff figured out with the CBA, and now it's even worse. But getting, but besides that point, like, the league – the top of the league is not – have have teams with more flaws than, they, than there were five years ago, six years ago. Like, you look at 2019 through now, you've had five different champions – all of them were comparatively speaking to the prior teams from like 2018 and 2000, 2015, 2018, like teams that didn't win titles would have would have walked through some of these playoffs. Um, and I think a lot of people like the part where any it's easy. It's not as insurmountable as you have to play four Hall of Famers on the Warriors, to, <laughs> or you have to play, you know, like uh, peak LeBron James. You know Kyrie Irving in his right mind and Kevin Love, like it, but it is. Uh, I think it's more entertaining to the average fan that t- that talks about and complained about. Like it just seems like big markets or the players are licking up. I think that's. I think that kind of can. This will bring team or people that were like uh, kind of disillusioned by that back. <laughs> but um, I don't know if the NBA, which has lived off of. Boston, New York, L.A., Chicago, and whatever gigantic number one player is outside that market, outside those markets, like to dominate the league. I don't know if the league, uh, it's gonna look different than what it's ever been in our lifetimes going forward. So I find it to be Adam interesting. Adam Silver
2: has like I saw something. It was like Adam Silver has like seven champions in the time that David's in ten years. Yeah. And David Stern had like eight champions in thirty years. Yeah. So it's just it's a different day now. And I, I, yeah. I think I kinda I I kinda dig this. So
1: you know. I, I like it in the sense that in a weird way, like in if in, in in this league if LeB- if a LeBron James came around or Victor Womanyama, right? comes around, they're going to have a chance to, he's going to have a chance to stay there and say there's his entire career. Or LeBron would have had the whole time to stay say his whole career without the pressure from the outside screaming on him. There was like this organization drafted you because they were so incompetent. They lucked into getting you. And then they immediately tried too fast to try to skip steps to get you to this level. Now you're artificially there and you're not at your peak as a player yet, but you're going to be hitting your head against the glass ceiling and cracking your head for a few years. And people are going to look at you like, what the hell's wrong with you while you're averaging, you know, 35 in a series and losing. Stuff like that happened in LeBron. Now, you know, there is no, oh, you know, KG at 31, Paul Pierce at in his... Early thirties, Ray Allen's in their thirties. They're still in in their prime. Three first battle Hall of Famers all link up together, and now it's like, oh well, I gotta I gotta face them by myself. That sucks. But so I, in a way, like well, LeBron, you know, m- you know the, the super team thing, and him going to Miami pissed off so many people. And then the worst thing happened with Durant, and like people weren't as pissed, but they but they realized it was more damaging. Than LeBron ended up in Miami, and like. I felt now, like that was
2: like proper comeuppance, though. That was like, oh, so you, you here's the blueprint you laid. Well, is is here it is done even better, and now you got to deal with it.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I wouldn't deny that. Um, but I wasn't talking about like the. I'm not saying this is unfair, LeBron. Like he did what he did, and whatever he's benefited from it. He's lost because it. That's the game. Um, but I mean, as far as like LeBron going do. LeBron bumping his head against this stuff, creating it and then bumping his head against it again, like makes it to where like now if there is another LeBron looking at it now, that person won't have to go through all that because these teams won't be able to just or these teams or players won't be able to just collect talent in that kind of way for a long period of time. So um, that person will have that kind of outsized pressure It's like in theory, in theory, obviously, you know, we'll, you know, there'll still be Skip Baylesses around and we'll still talk about, yeah, you scored, you know, you scored 30 and average, you know, and, and you know, made 60% of your shots. That wasn't enough. You're a loser. You'll, you'll still be. People will always doubt people and stuff and say stupid things till they finally win because people are fucking idiots. But whatever. Um, I'm glad Yogesh won so I don't have to hear any of the stupid shit again, ever again. Well, for long, at least for a year. But like, the dude's been incredible. He's been an incredible playoff performer. Like, he's 68 games now at this point. He's averaging like 27, 12, and 8 in the playoffs. Some shit like that. And like he has he now has that to go with it. And like, you know, I don't know what he averaged in the finals. I know what he averaged in this playoff run, like 30 and and 13 and a half and in, in uh nine nine and a half assists. Like, he's incredible. Well, and I like, can just this say was, this: this all-time run, and I'm happy he got it. And like, people will have to shut up for a few years at least.
2: He led the finals in points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, he led the playoffs first,
1: in that. Not the just the, playoffs. the finals, the entire Yeah, sorry. Playoffs. First person to ever. Entire
2: playoffs. Yes. Um. So you know, I feel like Kendrick Perkins, you stole from <laughs> Nikola Jokic. Um. You know, I I I feel like, like like we talked about maybe like a month ago, like. What if, like, we this guy was actually stolen from this year, mm-hmm. and you know, Joel MB is carrying around that MVP now and stopped this man from having, like, one of the like just all time years that one could have. Um, and it's, uh,
1: I, I think that was unfortunate more valid that all happened. I think it was more valid when, when, uh, a lot more valid when, like, Kendrick Perkins was doing it, like, Live when, like, def- that the, just it was just the returns on like people asking for a percentage of the voters, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And Bon Timms does this every year, he does like you know, 50 games in or halfway through the season, 60 games in, 70 games in, or whatever else. He, he just it's, it's almost like when people like collect the Heisman balloting or whatever else and just check the parts of it, and be like, all right, where are we are in the race, they're handicapping it, right? And Jokic was ahead because he was great, and you know. Like Mark and people freaked out. It was like, oh my god, he has this huge landslide uh, of percentage over over uh, Embiid, and he's about to win his third one. He hasn't made the finals yet, and you know at that time it was like Jokic probably is the MVP right now. But like there's still half of a season left, and like you know Jokic in the Nuggets basically tanked out all of March, and then like Embiid and, went crazy and, then the and co- like the conversation Embiid's conversation Embi- I feel like MB Embi- I feel like Embiid successfully. Won this MVP, but like it was a regular season award. It's always a regular season award. We only do this shit when like try to like take these things in retrospect after the fact and not like, oh, well in most cases, some cases it's where it's like, like it's were, and won were, either one of those, but you get my point. Like for the most they, part, they
2: were, they were using postseason stuff to like
1: say why he shouldn't win the regular season award. And it like, was dumb because it's like, look it, at his numbers. What, uh, and, what do you, and what is like, he not doing to say to, to justify him being MVP?
2: It's just like the conversation got so very toxic, yeah. Uh, around both of them with JJ J. Redick and you know, yeah. I think JJ Redick is like a guy that is ultimately means well, but sometimes misses the point. Well, um, JJ Redick in, in his arguing, like he's he's so. Focused on the argument, it's like, have you considered anything else? And, and if yeah. you like say that to him, he would be
1: like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Reddick part, the part where Reddick messed up, and I think it's the only part he messed up was him saying like he was like incredulous that white people would 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 do something racially biased. And it's like, <laughs> hey man, uh, you're out of your mind if you think that they wouldn't do this. Like if you're saying it, leave that part aside. Focus on what's the real part, which is like. MBs or Jokic was MVP at this point in time. There's still like 30 games left. Things is closer than the voting should be. That's weird. He shouldn't have defended none of that. He shouldn't have. And then Jokic in the Nuggets laid it down in March. MB planted his mind in March, and MB rightfully won it. Now, we're gonna go into next year. People wanna talk all sorts of shit about Embiid. And, hey man, like it's 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 kind of been a long time coming. He's skated on some of this stuff. I don't oh, think he's yeah. been as bad in the postseason as people have, have have made it out to be. Like, it's not like he's James Harden in the playoffs, but he has he has like had struggles or whatever else in key moments or whatever else, but like that's kind of the case for everyone. Except for Jokic. Yoke's the only person has never had so many type of struggles in the playoffs. They just, oh, I've been incredible, I've lost. The end. Like even Giannis. Giannis is struggling in the playoffs at times. He's struggling in this playoffs. Um, so yeah, uh I'm happy. Did for
2: he him. fail? Sorry? Did he fail in those playoffs?
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People do we never talked about that, did we? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I get where he's coming from. He's wrong. He should just leave it alone. Like, he he just, he just does not like the word fail. Like he's just wrong, just Just you know, we were talking about uh, with Kyrie Irving and what what anti-Semitism is, and I was like, he's like, this is like this this is a bag of cough drops, and he'd be like, no, it's not. He's like, no, it is. It's literally what it is. Like he's arguing that failure does not mean the definition of failure, and like, yeah, you failed, bro, but like, you're not. You're upset because you don't take, you don't see things from the worldview of other people, and like that's cool and the positive. You're like that. And that's what driven you to be that level of player. But we ain't trying to hear you say that like, this wasn't a failure when you were the one seed or had the best record in the entire league and y'all lost it in, uh, in the first in round. Five. That is a, that is a failure. That is a failure just by definition. No, not to argue about saying, you know, we're going to take your rings and repossess your MVPs. <laughs> but like, you know You just <laughs> failed. It happens. People fail. It's sports. That's the part. That's what. that's why sports great. You fail, you get your ass kicked, you win something and then you lose. And like, that was kind of what his point was, but his thing was like, bruh, you getting, stu- you getting stumbled on this one word that's bothering you. Forget that word. Pretend the word don't exist.
2: Yeah. But uh, shout-out to, to the Nuggets getting at, yeah, uh, that. DeAndre Jordan be- becoming the one to get the, the ring before Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. I love it.
1: I think it's funny that like we mention this, but like we don't bring up Reggie Jackson and, and Russell Westbrook. But, you know, I, I, see. I see. I see this what we're doing. I see this what yeah. we're doing. Why, why would we, I bring we that only sl- up? We only slander the people that we don't like. We, why, why would I bring that up? Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, um, what, o- what else we got on, on this thing? Uh, hey, him. oh, speaking
1: of that, wait a second. Ibaka won on those, <laughs> on those Raptors teams. Durant won two. Harden and Westbrook the only two they ever won. <laughs> <laughs> I never Man. thought about that until just now. Okay, yeah.
2: yeah. Um... But uh, Nikola Jokic himself uh, wanted to kind of talk about, like, the perception around him. Um, okay. There was a comment um, with Dr. Uh, Larry saying, Jokic doesn't have that superstar look. That's why they're so anti-Jokic. Um,
1: uh, maybe. There's something definitely to that. But, like, there, there's a lot of stuff. There's the There's the big man stuff. There's the foreigner stuff. And there's also part where it's like, he appears to want none of this shit and right that's not good like in the long run that's not necessarily the best thing for the league like look at what happened with the spurs and duncan right whereas like and and
2: i don't think people want another one of those
1: right because no because like you're not watching them you know like we watch who's we grew up playing ball all that kind of stuff we'll watch any old game or whatever else but like the average the casual viewer wants to see you know like Somebody that's compelling, somebody that like is a personality, someone with some flair, flair for the occasion, right? And like, I can watch Jokic be in awe of the part where like I think he's the second greatest. Uh, he's the second greatest passer. That's not a point, traditional point guard in the history of basketball. It's him and LeBron. That's it. Um, and well, throwing Larry Bird for people who lose their fucking mind. Sure, those three, right? Throw, throw those three. So, but like for me, is like to see a dude be able to shoot like that, don't jump off the, don't get off the floor. Don't block the, don't block the, uh, or protect the rim. Not able to like step up, even like up to the three point line against pick and roll has to ice everything or, or, uh, sit everything and they have to like move around him defensively to make things work in the scheme. And like all these things that you think, you know, when you look at like players and their flaws or whatever else, and you like, this shit should be a dub for him. He could be a great player, but can he be the best player on the championship team? And it's like, you look at, look at that stuff on, on, and you kind of say, no, the league has changed, and like, the answer is yes now. And like, I'm happy that like, somebody as unconventional as the norms are, for like what we expect out of a superstar NBA player where it's like, either you got to be a freak athlete or you got to be someone with like, or you got to be Steph Curry where you're like, oh, he's once he gets over half court, he has, he's in range and that causes such a scramble for defenses and, and confusion for everybody. This is another person that breaks the mold. And I, I, I think, and you're you know, Giannis was the same thing where it's like, you have this guy that's basically a power forward that has handle. It can get downhill and, can pass the ball around because he was given the opportunity to handle the ball or else he's unconventional. And like, I just think like, it's really cool to see dudes that are, you know, not just all like different versions of Michael Jordan. I think it's cool, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if every, I don't know if he captures the imagination, like, you know, to everybody mm-hmm. else, even though they yeah. see him put the ball in the hoop. Like, like, like they every, see like, the numbers. The
2: they see the numbers and don't realize what's happening almost yeah. like it's like hold on like like hold on he has 36 22 and in 12 what right. like i like it just doesn't look like how you think it that stat line would look so yeah. i think it's pretty confusing i one thing i do think about Yoki's game sometimes i think he looks to pass too much that's but true.
1: that's true it's that's like
2: true. you know like sometimes like when he's like 10 feet from the rim and he's got like one dribble and the ability to go up. He's looking for the pass immediately over for the layup and throwing it to like a point guard or like, or something. And they're just too small. There's too many trees down there. That's the only like real criticism. I think I could really put a, put on him. And sometimes like he, he will, he'll, he'll just, it feels like he's just running around out there sometimes. Yeah.
1: That that happened more in the Lakers series. Where, where you saw that, and I think that was because he was bothered by Anthony Davis' like ability to like. Well, Jokic, like he has the kind of touch where it's like anytime he throws up any floater or or or, or whatever in, in the lane, like it, it never it almost never misses. So like you're kind of like, hey man, if you're right here, just just throw up the floater, and it'll go in. So right. I so I, so in my mind, I, I think the same thing too. Um But I think it's almost like. The way that like Steph Curry, the way where like his shooting fucks you up so bad, and you're so concerned about it that like once he sets a screen, you're toast because it's just, like he him setting a screen will literally have two people on the screener as opposed to the person to know who lives on the ball sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. His passing ability will fuck up your defense so badly because obviously where it's not just like the part where he's incredible and he has court vision for his size and all that kind of stuff. It's the it's the height in the vision and the ability to make virtually any pass with his right hand. And also where he is on the floor when he's making these passes, it's because he's tearing you up from the inside out. Like he's equivalent of somebody gets a ball screen. or someone gets downhill deep into the paint and then kicks out because he's so deep into the paint all the time. They're like, eyes are being dragged to him and people are cutting behind, cutting, you know, uh, back cuts and all that kind of stuff, and people will keep running because they know if they make if they get open, he's gonna get them open. And sometimes there'll be situations where like the person might cut, don't even realize they're actually open. He'll get the, he'll put the ball on them. He'll be like, "Holy shit! Oh, okay, lay up." So I think the thing is like he's so the passing will will it so many problems for for defenses that like it opens up the ability to get easy shots. Like. The reason why he shoots 40 some percent from the three point line is cuz no one dares go out there to guard him because they're so they're so concerned of like trying to lean back, back to get into the passing lanes to get more depth to get into the passing lanes make his passes harder. Like so he's just like okay, I'll take this wide open three pointer and that's why like he's not like he's not being guarded from three point like Dirk. Hell no. But but he may as well be because like his passing is such a weapon that like you can't come out to him to guard him because like he also can like Push you on his shoulder or on his hip, and once he puts you on your hip, you're never getting back in position. So, he's so big. Yeah, he's big, <laughs> he's strong, he flops, and he flops, but he's not soft, which is also was a my fuck. Um, the Marcus
2: Smart All-Stars.
1: Like that that's stuff, that's stuff's only reserved for guards. Like being a flopper but not soft, that's only reserved for guards. Um normally. So yeah, uh, you know, he's just a matchup nightmare. Because like the league has gone gotten so small, and the guys that would have better chance at guarding him, those guys like you put them on the floor against him over time, and like his team's gonna score points regardless whether he gets them or his t- teammates get them, and you have go out there with with the guy that can guard him, and chances are. <laughs> you're going to suffer out of him on be. the court your forced spacing so he he's just a, he's just a, you know, a huge problem and like he's going to be doing this for for like the next five years he's going to be around this level I don't know if he can stay healthy and um i'm interested to see where he ends up because i think like you know i already think he's like one of the 25 greatest players of all time i think he can get like he could threaten for the top 15 uh by the time we get done with his next half decade because he's that damn good yeah
2: yeah no doubt man um but yeah, man, wanted to move on. Yeah, uh, and, and
1: maybe like maybe like you know Jamal Murray like makes an All Star team.
2: Maybe they got they got to put some respect on them. Yeah, you know, uh, put, put some respect on them.
1: Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice that like now at the very end of year four in in game um, in game five of this series? that, like Michael Porter Jr. finally said, Hey, what if I played basketball and I and I say, hey, what if I was figured out ways to contribute to winning on the team without involving putting the ball in the basket? Like, what if I like, you know, cut? What if I like? Rebound. What if I, yeah, what if I rebound? What if I like block the shot here and there? And like, what if I like what if I use my 6'9 frame to actually play like I'm 6'9 instead of six fucking five? And like, if he bro, I see why people think he could be great. I don't think it's ever gonna happen, but if the light switch ever goes off, it's gonna be fucking awesome,
2: bro. Like, <laughs> wow, well, I feel like he's like Richard Lewis right now. Like, there's a
1: lot of that. There's there's definitely something to that. I think Rashard probably had a better handle than him, but definitely yeah. the idea of like this six nine guy that you can, you can shoot, and he's never getting shot blocked, and you can move, you can run off all sorts of screens, you can put them in space. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. Definitely.
2: Seamus Nova says y'all need to have the fraud watch discussion about Jimmy. No buckets. Um,
1: okay. Um, you
2: know, he went crazy. Like, So some of the stuff with Jimmy Butler, I think, is off putting for people. Sometimes like a lot of these, uh, like every story is like he's had the roughest, toughest upbringing. I know a lot of that stuff is true. They, they, when he says something like i'm not even gonna go gonna go to my hall of fame ceremony and all that it's almost like a meme at this point um he, i think he was very worn down very tired by the time the finals came yep. um I, there may have, or may not have been like some personal stuff going on with him so uh with his family but um just looking on the, on the basketball court in game five and uh, I know a lot of people were not liking the game. Like, I thought this was like super competitive. The refs swallowed their whistles and say, Y'all figure it out. Uh, and it, it honestly felt like <laughs> it felt like an older finals era. Like, and, and I, I was like, I was with it. It was just like, it was like turnover after turnover, like just stop after stop. And it was like the next person to score a buck is going to swing the whole momentum of the game. And uh, I, I just really liked that. But, Jimmy Butler was like very quiet during a lot of this. And then he tried to heat up at the end, but it, there just wasn't enough. And it was, um, he scored what,
1: like 12 straight points or something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember it was like he was, they were showing the graph. It was like eight points, two of 11. And yeah. it's like Mark yeah. Jackson's calling him out, like, Hey, man, like, where, right. where are you at? Like, either right. you tired or you not, or are you hurt, or like you on the court now. Like, you know, you got to, you got to get busy. And to his credit, he answered you know, the bell at the end. He did, um, but it's like, you know, there's only so much I can call someone a fraud or anything like that that I think is a as competitive as he is, yep. has done the, the winning that he has yep. um, from the position that that team came as a play-in team, beating yep.
1: all the teams in the East, and then... And without home court advantage, like shits the bed once they get to the finals.
2: Yeah, and, like, and they're and going Caleb up against
1: Turn into Struce and Caleb Martin again.
2: Right, like this is like, I hate to say, it, like this is like the Miami Heat are who we thought they were, right? Because like eventually, like that that talent gap like is going is going to come into effect. Like they got to work so much harder, like all those guys, to close the ta- the talent gap. And yes, they were undrafted. Yes, they have been in the NBA, but there's just different classes of guys. Like I'm sorry, like Gabe Vincent was was excellent all throughout these playoffs. Yep, he's not Jamal Murray. Like, right. and it's just like and Gabe actually
1: showed up in the finals,
2: right? And <coughs> yeah, excuse me, Nigerian basketball legend Gabe, Gabe Vincent. <laughs> um, it, it's just he's not Jamal Murray, and and right. that's fine. Like, but like I don't think it's I don't think like well, I think the only situation it would be fair was if they, like, dropped some, like, they had some monumental collapse or something. This is what these guys still overachieved.
1: Right. And, like, they only got blown out. Well, they like, five-game series, they won one, and two of the games they lost were very close, right? Like, this was a competitive series and went five, five, and that's, I think, is a testament to how – like you mentioned, that there's a there is a talent gap, but it didn't matter because they still figure out ways to muck the fucking game up. Like to see, I thought that the Nuggets' approach to attacking their zone got better and better as the series went on. Meanwhile, I'm watching them play the the Celtics, and I'm watching them like not figure out in game one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and never fucking figure it out. So, um, and even while that's happening, like. They still figured out how to – or not figure out, but, like, the Nuggets can't make a single shot because they – both teams have played so hard and everybody's on the floor and the refs swung the whistle, which led to some of the stupidest shit happening on the floor where it was just about to almost knock out uh, Kyle Lowry because he was so pissed with him and, and also uh, Hayward Highsmith. <laughs> but, like, that is why, like, I am so impressed with, like, what Miami does is, like, they went into this fight knowing that, like, we – we the best we can do is go to the distance with them every 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 round, and they got their asses kicked a lot, right? They're too small, right? Like they were bad situations, like up until you know game two changed changed some things when like they put Kevin Love in to get, um, Aaron Gordon off of Jimmy Butler because like it was hurting Jimmy Butler as far as his ability like not to be able to put his shoulder or his hip into Jamal Murray or any other of the guards and just muscle people around the rim. But like with all that stuff being said they kept being able to manufacture like good looks from 3 it just you know they didn't make them this round which is it, it that's the very three point shooting sometimes you make them like in the clip like in the series sometimes you don't right and like they were they were, they were like a March Madness team they were like a they were like a sub five they're like a six or below C that makes the final four and like they make threes against you know and they knock out Kansas Carolina some shit on, 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 hey all
2: that's all the teams now in college.
1: Well, yeah, they fit that stereotypical mold and like, hey man, like I know people you know still talk about the the, the zone thing and like and everything and if you don't like the zone, with Monty, fine. But the way that they run their zone is so different from what people when people talk about the reason why they don't like zone, as far as being so passive and, and blah 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 blah. Like the things they do and the way they refill and replace people and and like you can't get a screen on one side and, and everything and just do whatever you want and just you know someone someone run to the baseline and someone flash the middle and it's real simple. Like because that shit is like one minute it's a three two, the next the next the ball swings is a three two, and then. The next and then like next trip up the floor, it's a one three one. Like it's the league. Whoever like, I can't wait till Nick Nurse ends up in Phoenix or he's in is in Phoenix or I'm sorry, he's in Philly. But like, Hmm. I cannot wait until Nick Nurse watches them all summer and instills this shit because he's going to do it. Like somebody, (laughs) like some, there are going to be NBA teams that steal that zone and figure out what principles are and how to and what they do to make this shit work like this. And like, it's gonna be around the league. And I know people don't like... May or may, or may not yeah. want to see zone overs. It's going to happen because it's too fucking effective to not to be able to not make this happen. Um. So, but anyway, like, yeah, man, like, the Jimmy, as far as Jimmy, I think he's an overachiever for his whole entire career. Like, you know, like, I've always thought, like, about a decade ago, I always thought, like, him and Paul George are like, those are, like, just outside the top 10 best players in the league or whatever else. And they're on they're that 12 range, 13 range. And, like, can he be the best player on the team? No. That win his title? No. But, you know, they might be able to make a run, and Jimmy's been able to make runs where Paul never has made him make a run. And, like, he got to the finals again. I got to
2: and- say, though, Paul George does have a lot of conference finals in, on in both conferences.
1: He has one in the West. He has, what, two? At least two in the East. He has two. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's never he's never been like a game away. Yeah. He's never been not even that. When Jimmy's gotten to two and they'll, they'll knock against uh, you know, uh Paul George. It's like, you know, when people when you know, the playoff P thing happened and like you had the stretch of just bad playoff performances and getting, you know, eviscerated by LeBron or, you know, getting, you know, shot down uh by Dame and stuff or whatever else. And uh but with Jimmy is like he had it seemed like he had this opportunity in Philly, and then the shot went in, and then like, all right, now he's in t- now he's in Minnesota. What the fuck? And then he gets up out of Minnesota against him in Miami, and like, the Miami thing is I think what well, people will remember about his career first and foremost. Not even like they even remember like the Chicago stuff, and yeah. like he was on that Chicago team forever. Um, so like for me, I I I can't hold it against him. That like, hey, it's a bad matchup for him. For what he does and what makes him special, he was only able to, you know, take advantage of mismatches and, and crosses and, or and screen offs and that kind of stuff. And he's playing with a bad ankle that he claims he was fine with. I don't buy that, but whatever. So, whatever. Like, I never thought he was going to be able to, I never thought he was going to be the best player on a finals team ever. He's done it twice now. So, like, I can't, I can't hold it against him. And, you know, the, the first finals, he had one of the greatest performances in a, in a, in a single finals game ever. Right, it, yeah. look, it emptied the, he emptied all everything he had in that game. and had enough for Game Six, but he did it. No doubt, um, he went toe to toe. He went toe with all time LeBron James Formers and won that game. I, I, so I can't. I'm never gonna hold it against Jimmy.
2: And, and, and he didn't show up to the the, the press conference on a walking boot. He didn't do. He didn't do none of that shit. So <laughs> you know, I, I ain't got nothing bad to say about, about yeah. Jimmy. Um.
1: Like sometimes, yeah. like you, you're only, you're only, you know, you're only, but so good, and like if you're able to push past that, then like you should be celebrated for. It. Like, not everything is be be the one out of the thirty that wins the title or we'll fucking clown you forever. Like I, I I've always hated that kind of that kind of like talk because it's like, all right, so every, everybody's losing for fifteen guys every single year. Okay.
2: Yes. All losers.
1: Yeah. It's like, so, so like, what's the point of what? Just watch the finals. Don't you watch the playoffs. Don't, don't even watch the finals. Just watch the finals. They're all losers, right? That's Except funny. 15 of them. That's funny.
2: Um, yeah, man. Um, I guess we should wrap up the NBA talk unless there's anything else. Oh, Wembe Uh, nine days to the draft. Man, it, it, if... um. I feel like the broadcast should start, right? Uh, and the San Antonio Spurs immediately run up on stage before Adam Silver even comes out and say, we want Victor <laughs> my
1: Look, knowing how Pop is the troll or whatever else, what did they waste every single second? I said, he every, up until like All the, the last five seconds and they finally bring him out. They bring out Silver for Wembanyama. That'd be funny. Yeah. You know, you well, know. a you know, really tough decision with.
2: here. You know. But, um, yeah, wh- I wanted to talk about, uh, obviously, this week we got the debut coming of AEW Collision. I still haven't figured out uh, the how that's going to affect this show <laughs> or anything. But um, I just wanted to talk about, like, some of the hype around it or lack thereof.
1: OK, okay um, that, that, that sounds more like it. You're like, hype? What hype?
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I just think. Like this rollout has been a disaster on like disaster? Multiple levels. I want to say As far as the
1: tickets, you mean?
2: No, let's let's take the ticket sales out of it. Right. Okay. And because like some of the stuff that, you know, I may bring up that may be affecting ticket sales. Okay. But it's not necessarily even about the tickets. It's about like all right, what have they done to position this thing as important what have they done to push angles for this so far what have they done to uh really kind of tell people this was like important or anything um i feel like they're going to try to do a lot of heavy lifting on wednesday like they're probably going to announce like the rest of the card or something like that but i feel like this is something that already could have been happening if you knew cm punt was coming back uh you could have been setting up a program there could have been people cutting promos already on the guy calling him out tell me ain't shit whatever um but then they had the whole they had the cross-up of course of the wbd upfronts thing where cm punk was supposed to be there uh it was his idea to not do it like they wanted to try to do this uh this uh this fake uh, leaking of the dirt to the dirt sheets, like rumor of like, yeah, you know, he'll be there. And uh, before that, like, obviously the Chicago news was in the dirt sheets way before Tony Khan announced it. And after he announces it, obviously that means Sam Punk. But then they come out an additional week. Then they do the Sam Punk announcement. It just seems like there was something that was missed somewhere. Obviously, we know the blow up that went on uh, when it came to, punk being in advertising i'm taking him out of it and then i'm not even going to talk about like booking all those canadian shows with no canadians and leaving all the canadians off except sean spears and uh whether this thing kind of got turned into collision at the last minute when it wasn't really supposed to be like it was supposed to be like a kind of a run of house shows in canada possibly uh i i really don't know what it was supposed to be but i seem to recall there were a lot of um talks about that second show coming and all these dates like kind of being vaguely announced as like you know uh tv taping and all this other stuff um i i'm just not feeling the uh I don't want to even want to say excitement for it, right? Because I'm not necessarily excited about Collision. That's just not, you know, necessarily for me or whatever. Um, like how they're they're rolling it out and all that. But you would think this would be, like, I just remember how the way Dynamite was pushed, and I and I recognize Dynamite's mm-hmm. the first show yeah, that yeah. you know that's is the the launch of the promotion. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more hype for it, right?
1: Hell, but the first SmackDown in '99.
2: Right, like Rampage felt like it got way more than this. Yeah, like, and it was like they just randomly announced a six man tag. There's no angle been set up or anything. Like, there's you know, there's the JY and FTR having some crosswords with each other and stuff like that. But what CM Punk got to do with this? What's Samoa Joe got to do with this? And I'm I'm sure they'll there will be an attempt to explain that. However, there has not been one thus far, and I'm looking at it like the, look, the comments are just saying, "If you weren't on the internet, you wouldn't know what collision is all about." Um, there, there was. Gonna, I 20- still don't know
1: collision is all about. All I know is, is all, like, what do we know that aside from like, okay, this is a show where they're putting the people that like have problems with people on. It, it, it appears, it appears. That's it. There's nothing else that we know about that show.
2: Uh, Tony Tony kind of mentioned like you know there's been there's been different conflicting reports whether this is a hard brand brand split whether it's not uh, Tony Khan's insisted it's not I think this is kind of a cute code to say CM Punk will still be on Dynamite some weeks yep. um, and then whatever like you know because well, i think i think it's going to be a struggle like they even i think they may do all right the first week because obviously in the novelty of like yeah you know let's see their their saturday uh whatever but like this thing could easily turn into another like you know it a, turn another last year yeah it it could easily yeah I, I was gonna say, are you, you sure like, You want me to go further into this? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, are you like, am I crazy for like thinking this? Like, no. I'm like, uh, and what? I'm like, I'm not even looking at it from the point of like the the wrestlers that that I like are on the other show. Right, right, I'm right. like, yo, this is like, why would you roll it out like this? Like, this couldn't have been
1: like what was drawn up. Tony ton has too much shit going on with pro wrestling, like. This will, okay, so he has Dynamite, he has Rampage. Uh, When did the Darks wrap up?
2: Darks wrapped up probably about a month and a half ago, at least. All
1: right, just finished the Darks, doing house shows, doing Forbidden Door, Wembley, and now this. He has so much shit going on. And. Did you mention (sighs) ROH? Yeah, I think the second thing I mentioned. Okay. If I didn't, then forgive me. But yeah, like Ring Honor as well. And like, the things I've heard about Ring Honor of late is like, oh, this is already like unessential viewing already. Well, this looks, this looks like it's like coming in as unessential viewing after the first show. Um... I think that the booking philosophy has changed all, just generally speaking, from what this shows, what dynamite was, um, and what ring, I'm sorry, all the wrestling was in the first couple years. Um, I would really like for them to bring back the, uh, to bring back these, the, uh, keeping count of the wins and loss records and the schedules and standings or whatever else. All I would right really Kings. like for that to be back. Uh, cause it kept them honest as far as like, might be somebody out here that like, you know, got those wins on dark or whatever else, but at least they're presented to where like you had, you you can see that it's when he did that and whatever else. Now it's a lot of the, oh, this person won, but how did they win? Oh yeah, that's right. Someone came out of here and did X, Y, and Z before the, the finish and stuff. And it's like, that's, it's hurt them. Right. So like, uh, we'll get to dynamite in a second, but Indeed. like, I'm looking at the opening match in dynamite for the, uh, for the international title. And, um, you know, like, Oh, so Swerve lost here. They're continuing the feud because they immediately stomped him out after. Cool. Someone's losses don't matter, even a title match. There's a lot of this shit coming on in AEW, um, and it's been it's been going on for a lot of this year. Um, but now it's like, to, for me, it feels like I I watch and like I don't care about anything outside of the elite, and like as far as I, when it. Besides some of the build-up action, like as far as like people I care about in their storylines and what's going forward with them, I only really care about what's going on with, with uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, the Elite, and no, I think that's it right now. Um, not to say that nothing can change, that something can get hot again or whatever else, but like uh, you know, most times I'm in MJF and whatever he's got going on, aside from like this pillow thing of late, but like that's kind of what it has been and you're moving to another show, obviously CM Punk will, you know, will make something work, but I have concerns about, like, who else is supposed to be on the show, and who's, and, like, what storylines are supposed to be carrying through, like, you know, like, you got Matt Hardy and Ethan Page, or, or sorry, the Hardys and Ethan Page and, and uh, Isaiah Cassidy, and they're doing the, you know, the, the, the guy is forced to be a, a teammate, you got um, whatever's going on with the the outcasts and Britt and Tony that's put on hold or put on into whatever it is because of the injury or whatever. Um, the tag titles seem to be just, just like, just hanging out. The trios titles seem to just be hanging out. Um, Warlow's still feuding with Christian and L- source and now it will be Lars Anderson. Not Lars. Is it Lars Anderson? Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson and Lars. Uh, it's, um... You know, Cole and MJF, I'm into that. Right? I, I like that opening promo. But, like, it just feels like they're a cold, top to bottom of cold pro or er, promotion right now. Like, they got two hot things going for them right now. And one of them just started this week. Um, You know, things can change. Punk can come in and Punk and Joe can cut their promos and get it hot or whatever else. And they can, uh, they can figure out whatever they want to do with Jay White sure, but there's just something going on where it's like they're more concerned with trying to push people to the middle than they are trying to make new stars, like, at the top or try to, like, put people that are in the middle together and one person wins and one person loses and one person cycles up and one person cycles down there's not that, it seems like everything's just they are putting everything in the middle right now and that kind of stinks
2: yeah Um and looking at it, like I don't know where the – I'm thinking about, like, Saturdays. And, obviously, they're going to be faced with immense competition throughout the year, whether it's the summertime, whether it's football season, whether it's college football season and everything like that. Like, this is, like – this is going to be the true test uh, of this of this company like we've talked about the real tests <laughs> and everything like that um, I I think you know as Sam is mentioning the, the, you know the the elite and BCC are they're, they're wrapped up in this team combat but they're not really even doing that like how many singles matches are we really getting out of this so far like it seems like it's been very slow moving and um, and, and things of that nature and you know when those that many guys are wrapped up and they're not breaking it up. There's not like that 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 next area like of the card is like it's a mystery.
1: Like it's like, I mean, yeah. Just is just, just fundamentally speak Fundamentally speaking, you think of Moxley, Danglison, Claudio. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman, and they're all being lumped into one feud or one program right now. That that is why the show, that is why the shows top to bottom are suffering from like a, a feeling of lack of star power or lack of top guys because so many, so many of the top guys are actually consolidated into one program, and one program only. Um, that's absolutely true. Wrestled,
2: Claudio hasn't wrestled any of them like in singles. Um, you know, we could at least get Kenny Omega, Will, or Yuta singles, like to like. You know, you have them pin Kenny at the pay per view. They could book that in the, as a you know singles match the following what? But you know, Kenny's off. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Like there's a there's a lot of questions and collision coming. Frankie I think makes a we'll, good
1: point. JSA ain't doing nothing. I, and I quite frankly think that JSA is about to get dismantled. Get dismantled. Like the way that Jericho has lost so many so much this year. it makes you feel like he's about to turn baby-facing because why, why else would he be losing so much
2: yeah i think there's something
1: for a reason i
2: i think there's something with him and sammy about to happen they're advertising a sammy Guevara returns uh for tomorrow so uh, a lot of people were speculating this is like you know gonna be the feud that we've been calling for but we'll see if they do it or not um and let's see where we're at um I am going to pull up uh, since you know we're a day late on this. Uh, I did put out the call for questions and all that, but okay, you know the the whole thing with the collision thing was just kind of on my mind, and I was like, huh, <laughs> like I'm just seeing and I'm seeing like these uh you know everyone else getting booked on Saturdays elsewhere and yep man there's some there's some agendas at play if, if you want to find them.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, we need you for nah, nah, man. Already, I'm, I'm already. My bad. I know. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I didn't know this was coming. Sure.
2: <sighs> okay. Uh, first one comes from our boy Kim. Kim says, "Who do you have for the G one, and who's in the finals?" Man.
1: Okay. So the, the blocks, the blocks got released uh, over the last week. Right? They did. All right, hold on. Let me pull it up and I'll go through them real quick. Uh,
2: the G1 blocks. Um, four block tournament, of course. Uh, just like last year, but yep. an additional match. Um, make sure you guys listen to Keeping a Strong Style this week. They did interview Robbie Eagles, who happened to be a fan of the theme song uh, by yours truly.
1: All right. So I have it. I have it. So, Block A, and I like Block A because it's a bunch of young guys. Sonata. Chase Owens, Hikaleo, Ren Narita, Shoto Umino, Gabe Gabriel Kidd, and Kaito Kiyomiya. Um, so, like, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule for it yet or whatever else, but, like, you get obviously Sonata having a chance in the finals because he's obviously champion. Kaito, because he is a future ace contender in the other in a different promotion and has a few on goal with Okada. Um but, like, you're going to get to see, like, Ren, Shota, and, and Suji all together, and you're going to see, like, the pecking order kind of how it starts out at the beginning, how they want it to play out. So, I find that be interesting. Um, I actually like that block, and there's a block in here that I thought was abysmal. But uh, B block, Okada, Yoshihashi, Taichi, Kenta, Okan, Osprey, uh, Tangaloa, uh, uh, and uh, Phantasmo. I like this block, obviously, because, you know, you have strong wrestlers like Taichi and Okada and Osprey. Um, in El Phantasmo. Um, but you know, like this could be a make it break year for Okan because he was a lot of people like what he did in the fir- his first year two years ago, and then last year I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, it yeah. was I was not impressed. Um, also, those also all those he's lost
2: a lot. All, all the people were coming back to the promotion after him, so it's like, all right, yep. you know, don't get passed by,
1: right? And I mean, that's that that Yoda Suji. Title challenge. Yeah, I think he's already, pe- he's, he's, it's going to happen. <laughs> and they put him L.I.J., you already know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you'll you're going to come out here and sell all that. Look, the Gene Blaster to be selling all that merch. <laughs> but, uh, C Block and, uh, so, man, C Block. Finley, Ishii, Evil, Tong, Tamatonga, Shingo, Hanare, Kingston, Mikey Nichols. Like, I don't think of New Japan when I think of this this, this this block because like and it's unfair because Finley's been there forever but like, I think like I'm looking at Finley and I see Kingston and Nichols and I'm like uh, this this feels like the strong block, right? Um, and then uh the D block uh this this is a, another block that I thought I thought this was the block that I liked the most as far as like get the consistency from top to bottom of like the old guard of New Japan of last like half decade if you will Tanahashi, uh, Naito, Goto. Uh, Saber, Yano, unfortunately, uh, Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes, Alice Coughlin. Now, like, this block, like, with Tanahashi and Naito and Goto and Saber is, like, uh, the block. That was, like, a core of the block from last year. I think that was uh, the core of C Block last year. So, um, there's going to be a lot of continuity with all that. Like, I like. There's only one block I'm not really in love with, um, and that's C Block, but, like, I think. Depending, like if the young guys Su- Suji, Shoda and Rennery to bring it, and they all deliver, like a block's gonna be great.
2: But there's we'll a couple couple of shitters hanging around each block. I'd say, yeah. I like they could they could stand to have like chopped four guys off of this thing. Probably, um, it, it does. Seeing Okada and Osprey in the same block is interesting. Um, knowing that one of them are are not going to the block finals. I haven't in a seen perfect, the schedule
1: yet. Do you know what the schedule it, is as far as like what's the final I, night? I'm I think it's different
2: this night. year. I think it's different this year because it's all like fucked up with the, with the four blocks, but I would assume they're facing each other last.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I'm so, well, you know, last year was uh, two matches from each block was in the, was basically like a uh, night, the first night of the three nights in, uh, in um con.
2: Yeah. Um it, it feels like Will Ospreay should be winning this entire G1, but I don't think he's going to win it. Um,
1: especially when and, you have Okada in the first. Especially when you have Okada in the round with him.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think I think uh, we sh- I think we should be on alert for Kaito Kiyomi- Kiyomiya winning and beating Okada um, and going to the G1 final. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I, I, I actually, I don't even think it's all that bold. Um, they've had they've been building this thing up all year? Obviously, they lost to Okada before, lost to him several times. Like mm-hmm. they've done a lot of big angles. I think Kaito is going to get the W, go to the G1 finals, and lose to Tetsuya Naito.
1: Yep, I think Naito's winning it this year because Naito. Because like you're thinking about like, all right, last year he could have won, he didn't. And then you think, all right, well, if he doesn't win, he can never win it again. Because you look at, like, that A-block, and you think, like, all right, that's the future of this promotion. Like, those guys will be in the hunt seriously over the next, you know, few years. And it's like, all right, Sonata's out Who a champion. Who, I don't think... I don't think there's anybody approaching him that's going to like take the belt off him post G1. Doesn't feel like it, right? Especially because especially once he's in that block, it's like all right, unless unless you have Suji unless you have suji beat him uh, in the in, in in the second match and then beat him again, like it like power struggle or some shit. I don't see it happening though.
2: Sonata makes a block final and loses to the B person.
1: Hmm. Okay, I, but is A facing B this year? I don't know.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
1: right, I don't know. So, um, so for me, like, if you're going to really do this with Sonata and you've done it for real, and he's done well in his in his main event matches, title title defenses, whatever else, like, take it all the way to the dome. And if you're going to put Sonata in the dome, you have to put him in there with Naito to draw. And then you have night, and you and you have you know Naito beat him, or sorry, uh, Sonata beat him in the um the New Japan Cup. So. Have Naito get his win back? Because Naito's Naito's the bigger star, obviously. Am I wrong yeah, here? Like, and then like when you lot. do that, because because once you do that, it's like all right, like he beat uh, Muto in uh, in the Tokyo Dome, right? Yeah. the The long form story for Naito this year is like getting back to Sonata. He he, you know, he lost in the semifinal last year in a great match like he was great he was great last year i thought he was going to win until he didn't and he could he could but you know dangelman carrot in front of him and say hey you know this is your last shot go out there and be great like you were last year and then can go out there and be great win it and everything win in win the dome and then you know um then he faces he'll face you know probably either osprey or or omega i'm, not, um, I'm sorry yeah either osprey or Okada or whatever else and it's probably who he drops him off to.
2: Or one of those youths.
1: Could be. Yeah, definitely could be. Um, Hopefully, it's not but, Shota because he doesn't want to do anything with Shota, apparently. We saw that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Jesus.
2: Question from Frank Leone of Squared Circle subreddit goes dark. Where's the new place for wrestling news? Brother. Square Circle is not a place that I have inhabited in years. I don't um, use I think it's a I think it's a complete trash fire and its closure is been a benefit to the community. The only bad part is those people may seep onto Twitter, uh, but hopefully they retreat into their discords and are never and I mean ever to be heard from again. <laughs>
1: So I see Zach, Zach and he says, Kaito, Naito, be still my beating heart. Who does he root for in this situation? I know who I'll be rooting for, but who will he be rooting for?
2: I think he'll root for Noah at the end of the day.
1: (laughs) That's, you know, that's a good bet. That's a good one. Because it's like, Naito's already gotten his big win over Okada. He won't be getting too many more of those. That's when this comes down to to a hatred of to, of, uh, of Okada, so it's like Naito or Kaito Kimi has a good chance of actually finally getting the big win over Ome- or over Okada. So like, I think he'll be going with him. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, he says it right here. Yeah, Kaito. He knows. He, he, I know. He's, he's, he already his mind. done it. Like he knows. Like he knows night ain't never be that man again. He knows. He knows that. He's like, okay, so we'll pick someone that actually will get a win.
2: Yeah, um I think Dr Dr Larry brings up something I think a lot of people were talking about um <laughs> be on the lookout for Kaito Kim and me getting recruited here.
1: Oh yeah, we were talking about this uh a couple of days ago, right? We were like, "Yeah, bro, he needs a transfer." Like there our transfer must be on deck for all this to be happening. Yeah,
2: there's there's something. There's
1: something going on. Yeah. Yeah, like the just, same thing just, that's just going just on with Jake Lee over here. Keep his ass over there with that belt.
2: <laughs> same thing is going on with Will Ospreay at AEW I think Kaito Kimia and New Japan it's gonna be pretty similar um but um let's see what else we it's got
1: gonna, look if it, it look it, when it happens it's gonna be amazing cause like he gonna be so over and like all the people that are talking all that shit about you know Kaito and Noah and and like the level of, of, of whatever he could be or whatever I was like bro cool have you watched Russell the top matches? That dude's fucking awesome. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't care what you're saying. I don't that stuff like he is stuck in Noah in a dead in a bad period with bad booking and whatever else. Put that guy in New Japan or put the in New Japan and see what the fuck happens. And you know like we're about to see, like, I, you know, he's in there with a bunch of guys that are, you know, a little, maybe a little bit younger than him, but like, it's a bunch of guys under under thirty, and
2: it's gonna be real competitive.
1: Yes, it will be. I, I really enjoyed having that, that young block, and then I also like the part where, Lady put Sonata in there because, like, they couldn't hide Sonata. Putting, like, yeah, put Sonata in there when that in that D block with like Saber and Naito and Tanahashi, and it'd be like. Uh, they, they fuck around and have him come like one and one and two will get some three or some shit like that so yeah um yeah i think that's the right decision like put a champion over the young dudes and he can like you know have a good record and ultimately not win at the end
2: and also you know they're saving a lot of stuff too and you kind that's of true. avoid blowing a lot of stuff um yeah you so can't, questions that's
1: not an evil match
2: Oh yeah, gotta gotta have that, you know, for for the Japanese fans, you know, you know, just they're never putting you know, they're never doing that fucking around,
1: they love that, they're never doing
2: that. so my man Rambone Slam Pig, shout out to him. He um <laughs> he submitted three questions, so he's doing real work uh, okay. on a light week. Um, uh, so. He says, uh, thoughts on all the rumors and innuendo about the return of CM Punk and Ace Steel. Do you believe there's a chance that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks could decide not to re-sign with AEW, given the apparently unresolved issues there?
1: I think that they will um, reach a point to where they negotiate as if they actually will consider leaving. I don't think they're actually really considering leaving. I think they're playing the game. Um, You don't you, you don't create that kind of space for yourself and position for yourself to then pack up and take it to the E and then be at the be at the, the whims and follies of Instant Man and Triple H and, and Paul Heyman. That that sounds so stupid. It would be um, and also very they have, shocking. And, and, plus, and also they have somebody like firsthand like dealing with that right now about to go to Money in the Bank to face Dominic Mysterio. So, Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I take it you haven't seen the people defending that. Um, so, um,
1: what's it to defend?
2: Uh you know the hottest baby face against the hottest heel and all of this other stuff.
1: So, I'm sorry, I thought the hottest heel was Roman Reigns.
2: It, it, it's funny how they've they re- removed that completely from the the, the scenario here. Um,
1: the top guy in history, not 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 doesn't count. He's right. exempt somehow right what the fuck (laughs)
2: um you know apparently you know like the hottest heel you know you you gotta add in them hitting a button i guess for that so i i don't know man but is there a chance sure there's a chance i think they could not resign um depending on like you know if there's uh like any, any legal shit going on with like if people can't be in the same building and it just like yeah and it just like descends to like really really bad levels which you know I don't know if you can necessarily count that out because of I mean look at the fucking carnage uh, from last year but um, it would be it would be really shocking I would say uh, so do do I think that's going to happen? No. I, I I don't think they're doing, like, you know, they're doing, like, the little stuff on Being the Elite right now. I don't think they'd do that and then pack up. Like, right. so, so it would be, I think, handled with a lot more, like, I don't even, like, you know how Cody wrote that long-ass letter and shit, like, on, on Twitter and released it, like, in a, as, like, kind of, like, a special... You know, with his logo and everything like that, bro. The one
1: where he called uh, Kenny Omega uh, Kenneth? Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't think they would go on BT and fuck around like that and then like actually dip. It would be like, I think handled in an actual serious manner. Like, and then announce they're shutting all that shit down and then whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as Ace Steel, I don't know what the guy does. I don't. I don't know the use for him aside from you know he makes CM Punk feel comfortable, um, and you know may, maybe you need that for to to make CM Punk not go off the rails. But it's not like that actually worked before, so,
1: so <laughs> who I, knows? Well, I I have heard that he was actually a value before the stupid shit happened uh, last summer. So if they're able to overlook it, sure. It's not like the TV got has gotten better since CM Punk has left, but um, yeah. So I'm, as far as the storyline stuff, storyline driven stuff. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I I don't really consider like I I in my mind I'm just like you. There's a punch of chance they leave, but I I still think they're mostly staying because like if they go over there. I mean, obviously, it's a boatload of money it can get, but like outside of that, I really don't see the incentive for them to want to go over there. They're not going to have the matches they want to have. Not going to you know be able to wrestle people they want to wrestle um, for a long for a long period of time and sustained programs. And like they're I not going to have the they're not going to have the the ability to create and craft these stories that go from you know around those four guys or five guys when if because he'll be they'll be in WWE with Cody like in the way that like they were able to they've been able to do um in AEW. So I just don't I don't really see it. Because WWE operates like they operate almost like a uh, almost like a comic book like like a comp- company where it's like okay, we have th- this particular year we're going to have this writer make this for 3 months make a Cody versus or 5 months whatever, make Cody versus Brock the comic book and it comes out, but there's no crossover between all this other stuff that really happens. It's just that's the comic book, and then like mm-hmm. once we're done with that run, we'll move on to the next Cody versus blah 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 blah. But like in the meantime, between time, there's not much interaction of like of act- between like the actual universe and like there's people that will step in and step over each other at times, like. Don't get me wrong, like, Cody will have matches with people that aren't Brock Lesnar the time being, but, like, those matches to just them on the screen. It's not actually to, like, further anything with these people or anything. They're just, like, almost like tie-ins of an event or, uh, of an event off to the side. I don't know if you know what a tie-in. Tie-in is basically, like, it's this huge storyline and, like, the ancillary stuff of being, like, why did this person end up here all of a sudden out of nowhere? Oh, it's in this book here over in this bin. Mm-hmm. That explains that. That's what the tying is like. There's not much of that stuff in AEW. There is. There's always spillover of somebody has loose affiliation with somebody else, and when somebody fights somebody, that person might show up and fight this next person. That happens a lot in AEW. So, I, a lot of the stuff that uh, that the the elite have been really good at in AEW basically immediately goes out the window once they end up in WWE. And I think like if you're someone like Hangman and you built yourself to be. That kind of um, thoughtful babyface, I don't, I never go to WWE because they because Vince is going to see that as weakness and you're being a cuck or not a cuck but like a, what do you call it, a beta male or whatever else. He's like nah, not for me. That's not what my. I want my good guys to be you know a Cody a a Cena.
2: Yeah, um, Rambones asked a G one question. Uh, are there any matchups we're especially looking forward to? I'll just go with Okada and Osprey for sure. Uh Eddie and Shingo will probably yeah. be high on the list. I think it's uh someone should be locked in the federal penitentiary for not putting uh Eddie Kingston and Taishi in the same block. Um, um Aside from that, it's the A block. Like it's just seeing like Yoda Suji and you know ELP and Will Ospreay will probably be great too.
1: Yeah, it was uh, really good last year too. Uh yeah, so Um, just going through the blocks, like, D-block, me looking at it, like, uh, Naito and Saber last year was really good, because Naito beat Saber uh, on a sneak last year, and Saber was fucking furious, and then Naito was trolling him at the end, so I want to see, I want to see, uh, another chapter of that. Um, you know, um, Shingo and Ishii, uh, that's always something that's gonna be on my list, as you mentioned. Shingo and, uh, and Kingston, they've already done it, I want to see him do it again. Um, Oh, like you mentioned, Okada, Osprey, ELP, I'm good with any of that. Like uh, I, I want to see, I want to see how the Tamatanga. I'm sorry, that's Tanglewood. Never mind. Uh, s- skip.
2: How does Eddie <laughs> Kingston deal with the House of Torture? My God,
1: uh, man, that's yeah. Uh, Yoda Suji versus uh, Kaito Kiyomiya. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. I'm into it.
2: Uh... Rambone says, we're about halfway through the year. What are your picks for match of the year so far?
1: Ooh, uh, per promotion or
2: just in general? Uh, let's do that. Let's go by promotion.
1: Alright, which one you want to start with? Uh,
2: I will go with... <laughs> I, I want to mention this match before I mention any other match, uh, but Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Um,
1: yeah. That's my New Japan match of the year. There's nothing um, in the same stratosphere, and I've liked a lot of stuff like Haramu's done. I've liked... Um, you know, some of the stuff, the few things I've saw in the New Japan Cup, but like that's that's it for me.
2: I think for my AW match of the year, I'm going John Moxley and Hangman Page in the um, the Texas Death.
1: Right. That was say, that was the same weekend, or that was like a, what? Same? Oh, first week of the year, right?
2: Uh, that was the Revolution
1: pay per view. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um. Hmm. I like that match the most in AEW this year, but I think the match that most people think is the best match in AEW this year is the Iron Man match between yeah. uh, Danielson and, and MJF. And like, I I necessarily wouldn't disagree. It's just like, I, the open to twenty minutes. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna sit through that whole thing and be and and be able to stomach the first twenty minutes before mm-hmm. that. But like after that, it was incredible. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I would say those would be the top two for 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 me. Um, yeah. Um. Where else are we going? WWE? WWE. The
2: triple I'll, I'll threat take match it. between
1: Walter yep. and um in McIntyre and Sheamus from me at WrestleMania night one.
2: Same. Yeah. Um i also and then uh stardom.
1: Oh, uh the Tam and or the, the Julia and Tam red belt match from um All Star Grand Freedom. I think that's the best match they've done they've had in starting this year. By a by a not significant, but I think it's a, I think it's the one that's it's Separated itself. I think the other match that will be up for discussion will probably be like maybe Kamatani and Mina. I think Kamatani
2: and Mina for sure.
1: I I think the win puts it to that level, but like that match isn't better than like Hazuki and Kamatani from early, from like the paper, the defense before that. Like that.
2: Oh, yeah. Hazuki and Kamatani was fucking great. That shit. Um,
1: That might be mine. (laughs) Yeah. Kamatani and Zuki just like oh hazuki yeah she'll she's never gonna win a red or white belt cool (laughs) she's so fucking good (laughs) uh yeah so i so so for me yeah yeah so yeah but the one number one for me with a it's a clear one is just that one right now but like i you know similar with tam and julia it's always like oh yeah that's the best match of the year so far and then someone something comes and beats it in december (laughs) Or, or like, whatever Shuri has cooking up, she'll she'll come and beat it eventually. So let's see whichever Shuri has cooking up. Uh,
2: Black Sabre Jr., as always, hope y'all in the Social Suplex crew are doing well. Uh, between Osprey Kenny, and 2 and Okada Danielson, which match do you think will be match of the night?
1: I'm going to have to say Osprey and Omega because they had the best match of the year by a significant margin to me, in my opinion. And I think they were also holding back while doing it um uh, so i you know i i think whatever they have in i kind of forgot
2: about that <laughs> that holding back element they definitely were
1: i mean because the same thing with like abushi and, and, and omega where it's like okay yeah they'll have another match that's gonna be better than this because they already because clearly they were holding back um yeah yeah so and- i i think it'll be that one but don't get me wrong like i think it'll be a matter of taste like i think that you know um as i said like the reason why i love the, the the match from russell came to so much is that like it was not what i was expecting it was a lot more brutal and that one match was like fought and russell like it was like the third like the blow off as opposed to the first match where i thought i was gonna get all this athleticism and you know quick twitch stuff and they said no nah, we're gonna go out here and brutalize other than make it seem like we absolutely hate her as Gus like it's absolutely like it's a blood feud and like you can't once you start with that You can't then switch to the other one. It has to go progressively from the first one to the next one. So like, they're gonna they're gonna do some damage to each other. And I think like uh, compared to like that is gonna have a certain flavor to it, and um the Danielson and, and Okada will have the will have the more exhibitionist type of uh feel to it. And so like for you know who's into the story, who's not into the story, for people's taste, whatever else, people will have whichever one that they choose. But like, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate more towards the Okada Osprey stuff based off what they've already done and what you think will be the escalation of going for the next step further.
2: Yeah. I think Osprey and Kenny already have like the advantage of having been in the ring with each other. um, And basically knowing how far uh, they, they really want to take it with each other. Um, A lot of, I feel like a lot of like um, times where there's a Kenny match and then there's an Okada match, um, like, I feel like Kenny's got the better of them b- quite frankly because like you know maybe the opponent might not necessarily be the, like we just saw earlier this year like you know Jay White uh, against Okada and then that was right behind you know Will and Kenny so like I think Danielson's like obviously the best person that's ever wrestled uh, Okada in this type of situation where it's like yeah there's a Kenny match like also on the card that you gotta compete with so this is this is a toss up really because like um, you know, I think both sets of guys are gonna have a lot to fucking prove, yeah, and this is like
1: this is literally like you remember that one time, um, there's also the, this part where it's like Osprey has a chance to and this every time he's in a w he has a chance to make a name for himself beyond just being. Like the previous match in the trio stuff, he was doing where, or the Orange Castle where was like, he's coming. And he's going to show his incredible talent. But like now, it's actually like he's going to do the promo stuff. And they're going to bring back the stuff he did uh, and how much you know they they dislike each other. And I it's think that's going to I think it's going to make it more compelling to the average wrestling fan that may think no, he's awesome and all the stuff he's he they may or may not like that he's done. But then like think of him in a different light uh, as opposed to Okada, where it's like Okada comes through the door. And you've heard the name, you heard the reputation. You may have seen the matches and like the matches are the matches, and his matches are without dispute. No one's going to ever like unless you're a fucking moron. You're never going to be like now. Nah, give it to Okada guy. He's the most traditional like great wrestler we've probably ever we've seen in a long time, right? Like he's a wrestler's wrestler's wrestler.
2: Yeah, um, I think there's going to be a lot more risk taking uh, in Kenny versus Osprey. Yep. Um I just in that front of that crowd like it's gonna be hard to beat Kenny Omega in Toronto and right. the type of reception he's probably gonna get so I think that's gonna I'm gonna pick Kenny and Osprey, but like reluctantly like because like they could easily like O'Connor and Danielson can easily come out here and drop 90
1: I think the <laughs> Omega match main events though
2: yeah I, I would I would put that on last personally but um also, Black Sabre Jr. says, rank these championship reigns, Mayu's second belt reign and red belt reign in 2020, Utami's red belt reign, and Tall Saya's white belt reign.
1: Okay, so this is hard because I think if you were just going to to just defenses alone, um, you'd probably go with Utami. If you're going to the year the individual wrestlers had, as far as like the tally of the years, I would go with Mayu, because I think Mayu had more great matches than literally anyone in 2020. Like she was incredible. Um
2: but,
1: but you know how it is, like people don't remember all that kind of stuff, right? Like doing all the house shows and stuff, and not everybody watches stardom house shows and sees, you know, someone or Watching the Grand Prix back before the Grand Prix was like a big deal to see someone like you know average four stars in a in a whole entire tournament. But yeah, um, it depends on your taste. Like for my for my viewing for my viewing and you know, where I'm like a person that watches everything, it was Mayu. Um, just it just every single night she was going out there and and going nuts and having quality matches left and right. Where you know. Utami, she paces herself and she's not that dynamic in tags. And Kamatani, um, I think I think she's I think she's uh, I have to look back at it, but like, you know, like I think her worst title defense is maybe like three and a half against Saki. Right? Yeah, this, is, like, this
2: is really a tough question. Yeah, like, like, honestly. It's,
1: it's, it's really tough. Um, and also, you know, like I, I just think that um Based off of the level of the wrestlers, like because the wrestlers have gotten so much better year over year over year, or it's like my what Mayu was doing in twenty in twenty twenty was like the average age of the roster is twenty five. Kamatani is twenty. Catches the roster is twenty seven. Utami' catches the roster is twenty six. Um, Utami when we fir- when she first got the belt, we didn't know if she was ready for it, and then she quickly proved by after like the first two finishes, like nah, yeah, I know what we about. Um. Kamatani, she won the belt, and it was like, after that match, it was like, she's going to do well with it. How well, we had no idea it was going to be this, but like I had less concerns about Kamatani with, with, a, with a color belt than, uh, than Utami at the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting like to Utami. think about. It's actually, it's more competitive. It really comes down to taste now, but that's actually a good question. But I I I'll probably I go with go. Mayu.
2: I think I'll go with Utami. Um, just the the title wins like the the attention that she uh kind of drew at, like outside of start bringing people to stardom i would say to to check out these huge matches she was having with shuri uh way she like lost the belt and that was just like i i fucking miss seeing utami like <laughs> getting getting the big push so uh i'll go with utami
1: yeah uh,
2: Brandon Candia says, "Who do you want, think will slash? Do you want to join Takesha and Don Callis' group?"
1: Ooh, um, I never really thought about it. Um, Same. Uh. Who's available?
2: Yeah, because I, I think that's your your major issue. Is like a lot of people are tied up, and then it's like I feel like if you're going to be involved in this angle, you kind of have to be raw, like as fuck. Like, <laughs> so.
1: Oh. And it kind of has to be like either It has to be somebody that's like a. That if they ended up with Cap. Like, okay, so the best answer right now, he would be like if you put Koto Abushi with him. But I don't think mm-hmm. that's how they're going to start this thing out. I think he's going to come in and be. A, oh, that's. Uh, uh, Sam just said Ozzy Open. That's a good one. But like. Uh, but the Ozzy open, open thing only makes sense if you're going to put. the Ozzy Open thing only makes sense if you're going to put Osprey or the Empire with. Uh, Don Callis, yeah,
2: and I don't think that'd be a great answer, like but I don't know if they're way. going I
1: don't know if and when that's ever gonna happen.
2: Like, and it's like being in two comp- two or two groups at once across companies is kind of strange. Um,
1: and also, if they were to do it, like they couldn't put a trigger for a long time because, like, after after uh, Forbidden Door, like Osprey is taking his ass back to Japan to work a, a two month round robin,
2: right? Right, um. Man, looking at it like if I was to take somebody and just yank them out of what they were in and put them in, I would take Keith Lee and and put him with uh Callis and Takesha. And well, he um, ain't
1: doing shit, so why not?
2: Yeah. Um who else is around? There Roger Strong's around. Uh maybe t- maybe take him. Um anyone else I'm Ooh, looking at I got one the JSA <laughs> uh, Jericho appreciates. Put society. Jericho
1: and Callis together and say look you could look we yeah. both Canadians we both old and we both don't fuck with Kenny Omega
2: you, you could do that um I'm trying to think uh anyone else that, that, that's that's who I got unless you know
1: have to, you know yeah teach yeah that's who how I got to be a sports entertainer you know <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. you saw that man show him all black this week,
2: bro. Hilarious, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Uh, we should we should probably get into that. Uh, so AW Dynamite, uh, will take you through this here review. Try to fly through this, because obviously we got the show coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, big card, uh, Orange Cassidy uh, and Swerve opened up this show. Uh, and there was a match for the AW international title with his 24th defense. Orange Cassidy survives again. Um, I was very, uh, into this match. I was watching it. I saw the finish. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Um, the crowd was going crazy for these guys. Uh, it just kept building and escalating with, with all the different false finishes they did. Um, I part of me did say once Orange Cassidy won, I was like, damn, it's twenty-four defenses not enough. Like what like like what else we got to prove at this point? But there's other things in motion, um, I gather. So um Orange survives again. Um uh, I thought I thought I like Sword's of new gear. I I hadn't seen that one um before unless I missed like a tag match he had or something. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, these two like work together like really well. It seemed like that uh that that preview from the uh Battle Royal kind of like rubbed off here again and it's just like uh I remember you mentioned it about thinking they trust Swerve a lot and it's just mm-hmm. like I can't think of like someone you could put Swerve in there with and it wouldn't like be good. Like and seeing how like, you know, he worked with Orange Cassidy, it was like i think a lot of people like this this shit pissed people off why because i think a lot of people were priming themselves uh, for Swerve to swore to win this belt and um do i think they could have done that i i would have gone for it
1: yeah um you know but the like i said when it came to the 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 middling of the booking stuff for so many people to get sliding towards the middle like they did that they did that finish where they had both emptied the gun on everybody except for if Swerve were able to hit the JML driver and um, Orange Cassidy turned the JML driver at the very end into a victory roll uh, for a pin and he got the pin the last second and it was a flukish looking pin because you know Swerve made the face the shock I got pinned face. And then, like, Embassy comes down and st- puts boots to Orange Cassidy, and then, uh, Darby cheated. and Sting make the save, and it was like, oh, so this isn't over. That's, that's clear what it's detailed. Like, we gave him the flute, we gave, we gave Swerve the loss, but he didn't get finished. They put the boots to him, so the babyface didn't get anything, didn't really win, and then they're gonna continue on, and like, in the rematch, Swerve will win. That's, that's, that seems what it, what it's gonna be to me. Um. Yeah, I don't so, know
2: uh, if they're going that way, but it, it but everyone's like getting back involved. That's kind of been hanging around the whole scene for months. Like yeah. they announced like this uh, this four on four match uh, with the embassy or Mogo Embassy, uh, Keith Lee, Dustin Rose, Darby, and I believe uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, I think it's Dustin in there, if I'm not mistaken. But okay. Um, if you guys can check that for me, I would appreciate it. But, um, they're, they're going to do a four on four match next week. And, you know, we will see, Oh, sting stings in that shit. Not Dustin. Sorry. Wrong, wrong WCW guy. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I guess I'll get a small part of one of my wishes to see swerve, uh, lock it up with, with with sting, uh, in some form. So uh, that'll be interesting to to see. Um, but we got a video package with Jay White and Ricky Starks uh, that was ahead of their match. They were going to be the main event. Uh, we had Brian Danielson come out on commentary. And, you know, before that, we get a video package of Kazushka Okada uh, looking glorious. I might add in that thing. A lot of gold everywhere yeah. for the Trinidad James <sighs> Um uh, just they, bas- just basically explaining who this man is for any person who doesn't they played do the video act- packages so people
1: could shut the fuck up. That's all, like they played the video package for Omega and Osprey later in the show they sh- and they did the video package for Danielson and Okada here so that people can people can't say what about the video package? You put a video package the first like days after we announced it for the first time, shut the fuck up. You never have to say it again. If you put it up there, we going to repost it on your dumb ass.
2: yeah so that led into Danielson coming out talking some shit on commentary as he's doing commentary for the Blackpool po- Combat Club taking on the chaos of Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. All what, action what, what, in this.
1: What, what was that about? What was that 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 like inflection when you said chaos? You know,
2: chaos. You know,
1: why you put quotation marks around look, it? That's chaos West.
2: You know, basically Rocky's just coming over, you know, and subbing in. You That's know. chaos West. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, uh, they basically, like, have, um, they have a pretty, like, really good six-man match here. Um, Danielson's on commentary, talking a bunch of shit, like, throughout it. Um, calling, uh, Chuck Taylor idiot for
1: not going for pins. I was like, oh, no, it's Jim. It's Jim. It's Jim Ross. Well, how did he, how did he just body snatch Danielson like this?
2: Um... And then there was, like, a lot of, like, stuff like Okada sent these guys, you know, all this saying, all this So Okada did. Okada, like, somewhere fishing. You don't give a fuck about this. <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of back and forth. Uh, I would say go out of your way to check this out. Um, so,
1: one thing I want to bring out in particular. So... There was a near fall attempt that you'd have had on, I, I think it was Trent. I can't remember who it was. No, it wasn't Trent. It was a uh, Chuck Taylor. I want to say, and as it's happening in the ring, so, uh, Claudio's on the floor, and Trent went for a uh, a second rope, a second turnbuckle moonsault to the floor. Claudio positioned himself and uppercutted this man on the way down, and I was, yes. I, I had to fucking replay because I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, what wait, what? Look, man. Um they need to be never trio's champions. Claudio, Moxley, and know they need to be the they need to be the the trios champ, the never trio champions.
2: Did you happen to catch that match? No, not yet phenomenal.
1: Yeah, 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 I heard that too. Uh but, but I'm just saying, like, if this is what they're gonna be doing, you know, Moxie's always, like, anytime he's been in a AEW match and tags, it has been fucking great. But it's like, now it's trios, and Claudio just still, you know, Claudio's so good as a fucking goon heel. Um, yeah, man, I, yeah. Like, Either they need to be the the never trios champions, they need to be the fucking trios champions. At AEW, you pick one, but one of them they, they had them uh uh three sets or three belts in a set.
2: Oh man, we gotta we gotta turn the lights on for the House of Black and shit, or turn the lights off.
1: <laughs> I need I need to see Claudio Big Swing Brody.
2: So that was like a preview. So next week is going to be the BCC versus the Hung Bucks. So the Hung Bucks caught another great match. Yeah. I, I, I like how um, you know this is going to be the week of six man tags in this company. Apparently, I feel like a a competition. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even uh, think about that. A competitive message is being sent
1: <laughs> from somewhere. You know, you know, technically speaking, Saturday is the last day of the week, so it's actually not the same week. You know, it's just they just you know it, it's not it's not the same. It's not the same.
2: I I feel like you know if you were were to walk into a casino and be like, yeah, uh, can we bet on the star radius for these two matches? I, I feel like you know the Wednesday, like like I feel like there would be some, be some favorites uh, going on here, but um the humbugs basically. Uh, I mean, they-
1: look to be fair, one side look one side has Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson. And Adam Page. The other side has Samoa Joe in 2023 and Juice Robinson. This ain't exactly a fair. This ain't exactly an even uh, even contest. Would, would you would you not agree?
2: They chose. Um,
1: I like how you but, didn't answer the question.
2: You know, <laughs> they chose.
1: But um,
2: uh, Heyman takes a takes a swipe. He's like, you know, a great match. Uh, you know, heard it, didn't see it, or anything like that. Um. It's kind of like an old like wrestler like adage or whatever, uh, but they basically you know they issued a challenge and Danielson accepts immediately. Said we're not cowards. Essentially, um, then we get the aforementioned uh, Kenny Omega and Will uh, video package highlighting their match from from Russell Kingdom, and it's amazing that it took this long for this to be shown on this program. Um, <laughs> For months and months and months, it was never talked about. Mission, nothing. All right. Um, uh, but Will definitely wants his revenge. He's, uh, you know, basically what Kenny put him through. Uh, and the match is official, it's happening in that Forbidden Door. Um, MJF and then Adam, excuse me, MJF and Adam Cole then have their segment. So, MJF kind of came out and started cutting a promo, and uh, you know, this was a long segment. It's on, a bunch uh, of on Denver. yeah um and you know basically talks about um you know there's no one on the level of the devil and all that other stuff and then all of a sudden adam Cole's music hits and I was like hmm all right it's here let's see it
1: gotta say by the end of the segment i liked it a lot uh um, yeah, it is very good uh, it, it, thought- it, it has a lot of similarities to the ricky Starks one from earlier this year but like, if that's his template, fine, because it's like it, everybody gets to say what they want to say. He gets his lines in at the end. The person, like, kicks his ass at the end verbally. It, it works. He'll get his comeuppance. It's always fun when the he'll gets his comeuppance. Write that down, Triple H. <laughs> Write that down for uh, man
2: But uh, basically, like, uh, MJF uh, said, you know, finally some competition. He was a fan of Adam Cole. Once CM Punk left him as a kid, he turned the channel to the Ring of Honor, uh, which he thought sucked. Uh, but he was hooked on uh, Adam Cole's work. He mentioned Cole's time in CZW, traveling the Indies, going to Florida to shock the system as Shawn Michaels' hand-picked guy, uh, which is undisputed. He said MJF then said he followed in Cole's footsteps, going to CZW, becoming a top name on the Indies, signing with AEW, and you know he knew he was destined one day to feud with Adam Cole. But he was disappointed because he used to be the Panama Playboy. But now he's the Panama Game Boy, and he's more preoccupied with playing video games. And his balls are in Britt Baker's purse every time she leaves uh, the home. Uh, MJF said Cole is so frail that he makes crack horse jealous. Uh, MJF said the fans might think you're not utilized properly in AEW, but AEW's done everything they could to make Cole over. And, you know, they gave him he the girl, the reality them. show. And but he basically flips his carrying cross line. Um, so all they do for MJF is ring the bell. Uh, Adam Cole's, you know, or MJF then talks about having the best dog collar match to Iron Man four way in history. And MJF said uh, he heard a rumor that a certain individual in Titan Towers didn't think Cole could make it, and his name is Vince McMahon. not
1: uh, and ahs because if Vince McMahon's name was said on AW. Yep. It is MJF. More MJ, it's more mjf trafficking than that bullshit mjf said he's
2: a big fan of Vince McMahon, something i would not be saying on national television yeah at all yeah this <laughs> yeah. mjf thought the old man lost his marbles but standing in the ring with cole he's right um you know is a what happened to your body like you don't even go to the gym and like a bunch of stuff like that um cole then you know kind of takes a breath and was like you know him if that was the best he got uh, and I, I was seeing all this. I was like, man, this boy, MJF, don't take no days off from the Internet. Like he he brought up the he said, the Keith Lee's manager thing. Yep. He's just just every every bit of tiring discourse around MJF or excuse me, around Adam Cole that has existed for about a year and a half. Yep. It was all here. Yep. Um, uh, Cole basically questions MJF's fascination with other people's relationships says, is that why your fiance left you? So he's going to have to keep wearing that one. Um, Cole said that MJF is a world-class douchebag. Uh, fans chanted coward. Cole got him to chant coward at him. Uh, he said, MJF can't touch him. And, you know, you talk about my body, but, you know, let's go backstage and we can see who can pass a test after we piss in a cup. Which is I hilarious that-
1: because, like, ain't no way they're actually drug testing an AEW because we- look at the people that are walking around, some of them.
2: <laughs> um... I uh I saw that part and I was like, ooh, I think Cole cut the in there. I thought I, th- I think he I think that was where where it flipped. I was like, damn, he's just fucking brutalizing Cole. And then you know this was like, oh, okay, uh, we're in business. Uh, Cole swears on his life that no one backstage respects MJF. Everybody thinks he's selfish, blah blah blah. Does a bare minimum to get where he's at. Uh, MJF said he's gonna cry into his money. As tough talk come from Keith Lee's manager. That's typical, Cole said. That's typical MJF creating a false narrative, calling him a coward. Cole said he's better than MJF, and the fans know it. MJF said he'd fight Cole anywhere. Cole smirked, say "Attaboy," and then he hit the uh, Adam Cole baby pose. And basically, we get you know a uh, a match announcement uh, later in the night that they're running a eliminator match next week, which was Cole and MJF. Cole badly needed this. This was a long ass segment, uh, but I thought it was fine. Like I thought it was, uh, I, thought, I thought it was another case of Adam Cole, like a redeeming himself from like the last feud. Um, the whole thing like it was crazy because he kind of stank that shit out on the pay per view, and it like just didn't matter. They just kept charging ahead essentially with him, um, but he had a great night here and crowds continue to respond very positively to him. I think people are kind of into this dynamic uh they're I think uh, some of the strongest people on the mic and a lot of people on I think Twitter like kind of respond well to this and it was I don't know I think there's like people that may take it a little too far with what each of them say to each other here but uh i, I think this was good business here,
1: yeah, same here um yeah. Given what MJF's track record and Adam Cole's track record, this should be this should work out very well.
2: Yep. So um they're gonna have a match. Uh Cole wins, he gets a title shot. I think Cole's gonna win, and then they're gonna do a rematch at Forbidden Door or something will happen. So um after that we got footage at the buy in at double or nothing. The Hardy's, of course, gain control of the contract. Ethan's page's contract i love this storyline oh uh, not really but um uh, so <laughs> backstage we have matt and jeff and brother zay and then they introduced page basically said he needs to apologize to brother zay for injuring his neck he apologized and matt said he could make page very talented uh, brother zay then moaned in his ear
1: um i have a question where is mark quinn i
2: believe he's injured
1: okay okay
2: after that, we got a Texas tornado match, and, and the pretty boys had decided to whoop some ass here. Uh Jack Perry and Hook took on Preston Vance and Jalisco in a Texas tornado match. This was wild. Tables uh Preston Vance with the Gusher out here, and um loved it.
1: <laughs> Very good match. Um I forgot what the spot. Oh, I can't remember what the spot was, but Drew Lissico got put on his fucking head. Oh, it was supposed to be like a like a like a belly to belly throw on the floor and uh, hook foot slipped on something wet on the floor, so he couldn't get him all the way over. And like Drew Lissico basically landed on the back of his head. It was bad. It, 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 yeah. it like it sucked. It was on the floor too, like on the mats on the floor. It like it sucked. Um, oh. I didn't hear anything about him being hurt or anything like that. As far as update, or whatever. But it looked bad. It looked it looked rough
2: uh jungle hook ended up getting the win uh here after a double tap out uh there's a snare trap and a red rum uh there was a like a t-bone suplex off the apron uh through the tables yep they went crazy so um jungle hook rolls on and look out so um tony khan has the aw collision announcement Basically said, announced the main event of Switchblade J. Wright, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe will be taking on FTR and CM Punk. Uh, who uh, from there? Do you need I, to talk I don't about know. T-shirt? Sure, we can talk about the shirt.
1: So CM Punk and FTR released a CM FTR T shirt. That is basically a rip off of the black and pink Bret Hart. Triangle and then their likenesses are animated and put in front of it instead of where the skull would be, the skull, the winged skull would be. Saw <clears throat> um, so a lot of people that hate the 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 Bret Hart tribute stuff from those three, and they hated this shirt as well. And um, as a person that does not necessarily hate that stuff, I it, it made me rub my eyes. Like I generally like the 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 the, the Bret Hart stuff that they do. But this one made me roll my eyes like it's one thing to do is another thing to now like you're you're, monetize, you're trying to monetize it. OK. All right.
2: It was always leading here when they start wearing those Sons of the Hitman shirts and shit like that. Like this is always where it is. I just want to know when does FTR go back to one to be the brain busters? Like does that come when they turn heel? Like what's the is this just the baby face gimmick or like like what's the deal with that? I don't know. Um, when I saw it, I thought I thought it was like high quality artwork. Though uh, I like I like yeah. the design. No, it's not, you know, it's not like, like it's bad.
1: It's just obviously it's just it, you know what it is, and it's like right. It's it's not that creative. It's a fine shirt. If you're into all of this stuff, I can see. I can, I have no problem with someone like this into it. Like if Floyd picked it up, I'm not gonna hurt I'm not gonna clown on Floyd for buying that shirt because Floyd's into all this stuff. So yeah. yeah, cool. Whatever. Like like I said, like if. If they weren't so heavy handed with the, the stuff, I'd probably be into it. I would never buy that shirt because I don't really buy shirts with like wrestlers' lightnesses on like that. Except for a few except for a few occasions. Uh uh but yeah, or a few like uh exceptions, I mean. But yeah, like I just um I was like, oh okay. Um yeah, I, I, I wonder how that sold. I have no idea. It's like it's on the prob- best It's probably the gonna WWE do really season. well. I it's- imagine so it's CM Punk.
2: Yeah. Um But yeah, I saw it and I was like Okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was, I was like, Well, okay, that's 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 what they're doing. I was like, Should Bret Hart sue or be flattered? Which one? I don't, yeah. I don't, and know. it's
1: also nothing where it's like this is coming up so close to the Owen Hart thing. Like, it's Owen, like, are one of them three going to win the Owen?
2: Look, I wouldn't even want none of them in it because they would they would forget they're paying tribute to the wrong Hart brother, like. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Like, like, they be out here try, trying to do all the bread, but like, we are talking about Owen, nigga. Owen.
1: Martha's here. Just throwing in the that's a. That's what a fuck? Just throwing is the enziguri. That's it. Dax can't do that no more. He's washed. I, I think that he can put one foot into another person's arm and then jump up and <laughs> kick the other one. I, I don't think he's that completely cooked. <laughs> Like, it's bro, you know it's so funny like when you bro, thinking, we of like wrestling or whatever else so you thinking like the things were like innovate like you see a spin wheel kick whatever else so you like and like you're an adult now you're like that shit wasn't hard <laughs> bro <laughs> be the spinning wheel kick I used
2: to love that fucking move I'm like yo I'm I fucking, you
1: know I know like, I know. It ain't that
2: quiet but um yeah I I, I saw this and I was, I was thinking of, like you bringing up FTR I'm like what if them Boys they went crazy last year like you know they wrestled real hard last year. They signed that contract. It's time to lay it down now.
1: <laughs> oh, so now, so now they're the they're the. Uh, oh my God, they're they're Anderson and Gallows now. Oh my God, I mean not not
2: like that, but you know you, you heard about like dudes how it used to be back in the back in the NBA. So I probably get their money and be like, you know what,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> like it, you know. There's look, I haven't seen enough of them this year to be like for sure that's a thing with them. I just think like they've had opponents where like they can't exactly rear back and try to have like a four and a half star match with Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. But Mm. um, look when Ozzy opens when when you know when Mark Davis gets upright and everything whatever else when they get their match with the with the marquee tag teams we'll see because like. If they ain't getting it done, they need to take the belts off of them. No, until they yeah. can heal up or whatever else or whatever else, because like there is a clear difference from what I've seen of them in their matches, uh, most of their matches this year compared to prior years and since they've been in AEW. Like regardless of whatever we had with their issues with whatever else, like there's a certain standard they they were bringing to the ring, especially even Dax with singles matches. And like it, it's not that... they've had some quality matches this year, but like it, it they seem to it seems to be a, a, a down year almost for them. So now, that we're, over, now that we're like almost a halfway through the year now.
2: Honestly, like with them and CM Punk, like they might actually want to consider the, the trios division. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't,
1: can... look, I wouldn't be mad at that if they were the trios at all. Not at all. Like oh. if that was the thing they're doing, like, that's almost like their B-side stuff where it's like Punk does his thing. FTR does their thing. If there's room to have a match with a Hill, a, uh, three uh, three uh three heels uh, or whatever else they can have a match. I'm fine with that. Perfect Look, or,
2: or all all three of them can turn.
1: <laughs> sure, why not? I mean that has to be on the table for them to turn heel, depending on how this goes with CM Punk. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Um so after that we got Konosuke Takesha taking on a gentleman named Damon Ace. Um uh, Konosuke Takesha, of course, coming out uh to the Puty Tang. Um uh, <laughs> No music, booze, and then during the match, they're playing all the highlights of, like, Don Cowes and Takesha like, turn on Kennedy. On the
1: Jumbotron, yes. So, again,
2: uh, Takesha whoops his ass, beats him with a running knee. Don takes the microphone, and I think he's like, it's gonna be so easy to, like, they they try to do a repeat of the previous week, or whatever, and it wasn't quite working at first, but then he got him going. (laughs) <laughs> like like he always does so uh Takeshi, to catch it grab the mic was like fuck that i want to talk japanese talk japanese um and callous said everything he uh, what he said? nah I, I i'm not uh gonna, gonna, gonna let y'all know what he said uh you know i will leave that to the man that attended uh the country of japan this year so go ahead james
1: no, I was joking. As far as saying like they didn't, whatever you watching, you ain't got to know somehow. you know some of the places hey, they don't translate uh, some of these promos, like they'll do the EO and Oscar stuff or whatever else. So I figured like that was up by now. Oh right? yeah, it's I Z hadn't,
2: I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I imagine it was you know, fuck you. you know? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fuck you up, you know, shit like that. Like, um, uh, I heard like uh, I think Oscar be cussing in them shits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like anything super vulgar, but it's like you call people they be calling each other dumbasses and jackasses, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So Don said everything Kenny had in his life was because of him.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, fucking howling at this.
2: <laughs> oh, he said Omega defeated Will Osborne because of callus, and Omega has become cancer in his body, so he cut it out, and his family's going to cut the elite from AEW for good. There's a bunch of shit he said here, but, um, you know, a lot of trades ended up with a lot of big boos um in this whole segment.
1: Another great segment by Callis. <laughs> yep. And so Christian.
2: they um Alice Marvis was batted with Christian Cage, some commotion going on. Uh and then all of a sudden he said he's an uncrowned TNT champion, something that Aaron Anderson caused him. So, you know, we got to, you know, make this motherfucker Arn feel it. And they opened the door, and Luchasaurus had whooped Brock Anderson's ass, left him in his own blood, and said it an early Father's nah, Day present.
1: Nah, he said they whooped Brock Anderson. Look, they opened up that door, and I was like, holy shit, is, is 1988 on Anderson? <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did that work? Don't they got to ask this,
2: time travel? <laughs> like, yeah. they, they, is
1: it, this, it, this it AI? whooped his ass. The fuck him now? Is this AI? Bro. It's a hologram? Bro, how old did they say Lars is? Oh not Lars. How old did they say Brock Anderson is?
2: Brock Anderson. He's 21?
1: To... Mid-20s, right?
2: Brock Anderson is 26.
1: He's 26 going on 46. That Correct. look. You there is look. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but like. Arm's jeans produces old. Arm look, when I was a kid, Arm was old. He's older now, but he don't like he don't look appreciably different than he did in the nineties. And his son is twenty six and he what does he look like? An old man. It's amazing.
2: And he's looked this way for years. Right. It wasn't like there was no young looking brock. I've never Anderson. seen
1: no young Brock Anderson.
2: Why? Like, never. Amazing. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. And Brock,
1: look, Brock on the top, like, in the last of my saw when he was in there with FTR, he can wrestle his ass off. Like, technically, I'm on, I'm on the mat and everything. And he can move. He has pace and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, he's he's like one of those factory guys and they don't really have much of a way to showcase him in that way. But, like, if he were to go somewhere, I think he could actually, like, not necessarily become a star or anything like that, but, like, could have some quality matches.
2: Yeah. Um... Well, one would think there's another show, so maybe something will open up for him where he has a chance to get on television, but who knows? Yeah. Um Chris Statlander took on Anna J A S and retained the TBS title. Thought this was decent. Um, they're clearly building up uh Statlander versus Taya. Uh Taya's getting uh more furious the more she sees Statlander uh you know getting these these Ws. Um I thought there was. Uh, this was a pretty cool finish. She gave her the Tombstone Pile Driver for the win. So um, I'm all for Chris Statlander using the Tombstone uh, as her finisher.
1: Um, what was she using? That was like a regular finish before the 450. She had something she was, else. Was it Was, was, it, a robot, oh, was yeah. it a wheelbarrow driver?
2: kind of yeah it was like a, the Wilbur, yeah wheelbarrow kind of deal
1: okay well i mean tombstone it's same difference same shit except one hooks the legs underneath and other one doesn't so bastard driver
2: so um yeah bastard I, driver yeah i i didn't have, have an issue with the this but you know uh after that we got jay white versus ricky starks um Gotta say, uh, th- this ends obviously with a run in at the end with, uh, the Gun Brothers, uh, possibly revealing themselves as, uh, members of Bullet Club Gold, which, uh, you know, them, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, J.Y. and Ricky Starks in this match, a lot of people wanted to see this. A lot of people were crying. This wasn't getting all the promo time and stuff like that. Well, now you see why. Um, <laughs> so, um, this match was just mid for me. Like I didn't think it was it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. It was a lot of walking brawling and it, then
1: Well structured match that wasn't that dynamic except for the very end.
2: Seems like they were just uh wrestling like they knew an angle was happening at the end. A lot of um, big move
1: kick out, big move kick out, not a lot of, you know, putting together a, a number of things to put someone, you know, on the mat to finish them. It was a lot of just that. it, it wasn't like it was bad, it was just like I think it's fair to say that we now know that, like, until further notice, Ricky Stark has a low ceiling in, in singles matches, big singles matches.
2: And, and I feel like, you know, the the Ricky Starks online fan army that um, swears to God this is like a main eventer being held down and everything like this. Like, he, I'm sorry. Like, I, I would can't. just like to watch one of these matches and be, be wowed by him. He can't wrestle
1: like MJF. He can't wrestle like Adam Cole. He can't wrestle like Swerve. He can't like. There are too many guys that are just flat out better than him in the ring. Not to say that. Not to say that that he's not good or whatever else. But like, he wrestles a certain style that can only that only produces this amount of. What do you say, uh, cessation amongst the crowd, unless you want to throw in some color here and or there, or some smoke and mirrors. But like, if it's Try not a smoke some and ex- mirrors match, then it's only gonna be at this particular level, and, that, and that's and it's fine, or whatever Try else. Try some like,
2: exciting offense. Do you know what promotion you're
1: in? Yeah, like <laughs>
2: it's I, just too competitive,
1: and, and also, I think he doesn't make enough use of his charisma during matches, given that like he's if you're at that particular level. Of, uh, on, in the ring they like he needs to up the the emotional stakes for the crowd when he's wrestling with facial expression all that kind of stuff like he doesn't really do that as much as i think he should if he's gonna only be at this level and make it make it feel more people get more into it given that what he's doing is what he's doing like you no, wrong like um he wrestles a way that works in a big match is just it was a, like, I've seen Jay White disappoint me having great matches. When you have Jay White in a match that's just good, even, I'm like, it makes me long for the days of seeing the 35-minute matches. And I'm like, oh, man. nah, man, I can't, it can't be this. It can't be It can't be me wishing that I could watch Jay White wrestle 35 minutes where, like, only, you know, 20 minutes he's fucking off.
2: I, I feel like this is a feud that should have never been booked um they clearly did not want to beat either man i didn't want to um,
1: see it yeah uh yeah C- crystal got it i didn't want to yeah, see it yeah. but that's what i was thinking same
2: same yeah. that's what i said do you know what company you're in um yeah. but uh as far as like th- these guys never being booked uh yeah i don't think they should have booked this because ricky starks was off of off a of win kind of and you know it seemed like he had some going and you know maybe you don't want to beat him jay white you obviously can't beat him in his first like kind of real uh feud and then he's moving on to supposedly be in the cm punk thing uh it just seemed kind of ill-advised and you know now he's got the unit around him. i guess it's a good time to bring the guns up um you know the guns can be serviceable like you know guys to fill out a group um I wonder if they're going to be like mixed in with uh, this whole deal with CM Punk because uh, I remember last time there was a a, a faction kind of being built to be put opposite of CM Punk like the guns were in that faction too. So firm? I, I firm, okay. So you know, uh, let's let's see it. You know, like <laughs> so you, they have Jay White, Juice Robinson. And now the guns, I think there's a lot of potential for Juice Robinson and the guns being on camera together to be like absolutely hilarious. Um, I think them around Jay White kind of kind of gives White a little different look. Um I'm you know, the bullet club shit is long in the tooth, but there are people that still like it. Um
1: That's because they still have their shirts from six years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um they gonna have to trade all
1: of them in for gold ones. So, have, have they started selling Bullet Club gold shirts yet? I believe they have. What like? Do they look any appreciably different than the regular standard? I, I think gold they're gold just
2: point? they're just gold. I think. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. I. Uh, but- but Jay White and Ricky, I, this was a few that didn't need to be booked and then largely led us to two unsatisfying finishes. One including a disqualification, and the other with like a blatant ref bump at the end that was so telegraphed. It was like, why is the ref this close? Oh, there's some bullshit uh, happening here. Uh, the Young Bucks had gold ones back in the day, Sam. I remember that. Um, but, yeah, this whole thing, I think, was a was a massive disappointment. And it was just like an illustration of a lot of things going on right now um, in the promotion where not clean victories, uh, being afraid to beat people, and trying to spin people off in, in other directions, kind of. Uh, I don't know what Ricky Starks has a real claim for anymore in this. Um, I don't know if he's gonna be linked to collision with to go chase these guys down or anything, uh, but a lot of this just seems ultimately unsatisfactory, um, and that's before you mention things like Aubrey Edwards being booked for a match, uh, a trios match with the the Jeff Jarrett side with Karen, and then she's with Mark Briscoe. What are we doing? Sports entertainment. What is this? Who asked for Aubrey Edwards to be? There are they barely can get wrestlers themselves on the television, on the shows. There are wrestlers sitting backstage that can't get booked, but we have to watch Aubrey Edwards wrestle. I understand uh, places like WWE, places like uh, WCW have let referees wrestle and stuff like that. Why should AW be any different? That's it exactly. I thought this was different.
1: <laughs> like yeah. people have
2: tried to cite these bad examples like, yo, Earl Hebner wrestled. Nick Patrick wrestled. We didn't need that. We don't need this. Nothing against Aubrey. I like Aubrey. I'm not one of the weirdos that talks about her and all this other shit. Right. Now, I imagine those people are going to have a field day. Now. Yeah. Right. But now we got to see Aubrey wrestling.
1: It is a AEW match, not a ROH match, right?
2: Yeah, they're going to I think they're going to do it on Rampage. Um but still. No. You don't need this. No one asked for this. And I know Jeff Jarrett is big into the Gaga and, you know, there's this is this is a Memphis ass match. Memphis Angle, <laughs> all this shit, right? I've largely enjoyed um, pretty much everything Jeff Jarrett has been involved in so far. I think he's he's been great, but this is like the uh, this could be the tipping point where it's like, all right, let's wrap let's wrap uh, this up and and just turn down the volume on on Team Double J for a little bit. Um, but you know, I'm looking at it and it is it is just like do what when, when I think of. All elite wrestling. This don't match the, you know, this don't go. But maybe (laughs) there's a lot of people in his ear that, you know, have have other have other ideas getting through. Um, Personally, I would like this promotion to, to reflect the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite and the Lucha Brothers. And several other great wrestlers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, Guy Swerve and Orange Cassidy of the Pillars. um, And just kind of, you know, and having people, you know, win and lose to each other in good ways to to where, you know, if you lose, it's okay. You can come back. A lot of that stuff, something's something's in the water, Um, you know, so... As we mentioned uh, earlier in the show, the collision stuff is going to answer a lot of questions about what this company is right now and what it's going to be for the next six months because we'll know if they start like treating this shit like it's a, uh, like, collisions, like a non-essential show and then, like, it flops and then, um, you know, everything like that. Like, and there's been a lot of, like, uh, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of talk about people like, you know, like what AW used to be like, what it is like. And then a lot of people throwing bad face stuff around like, oh, yeah, um, Seamus Nova brings it up. Uh, this is the same as the librarians. And like, you know, there was bad stuff in, uh, <sighs> you know, the, the older days of AW. But you know what? There was. Yeah. A lot the, and it's they, like, no, man, you know, what there was a the
1: bottom of the car, not the top <laughs> or the middle.
2: I'm, I'm saying like, you know what there was like a lot of there was a there was a lot of great storylines. There was yep. a lot of great fucking matches. There was a lot of like week to week TV where the crowds were fucking electric, like just lit. like every fucking week. It didn't have to be like, man, you, you didn't is my TV. All right. Like you didn't have to think about that at all, yep. you know, and then, you know, as compared to, you know, yes, they brought in more talent, but like bringing in that talent is is only so much you can do when you're not booking them
1: like when you add them. people you have to change people's roles and that then like causes confusion as far as for the fans as far as like accepting new people in and then how long it takes to get people in and accepted like you know um they have too much talent for their own good even with now another 2 hours depending on how they utilize the 2 hours or whatever else but like it's really hard and um it's 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 a hard undertaking, and I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't envy Tony Khan. I wouldn't want that job.
2: Might be fun for a little bit, but ultimately, you know, I'd be like, "Hey, man, who else want to do this?" You know, so um, you know, I I got friends that work there, plural. So um, best best wishes uh, for for y'all gentlemen, and uh, I I hope y'all, you know, if y- if y'all are hearing this. You know, just just pass the word along. You know, it's like, like we we know like what like what what the what what these fans want. Like we we see what people react to, <laughs> and I know there there are a lot of masters that that kind of have to be served here, but I don't think I think you should not forget about the fans personally because like you know I I understand the fans aren't financing the TV deals and everything like that, but the fans are buying tickets. Or not buying tickets.
1: That's well said. Very well said. So uh, I'm just looking through because I've, I've been for the last few minutes. I'm looking at uh, like the recent arrivals at uh, PWTs. I think I'm gonna pick up that uh, that emerald and Masala shirt. But yeah, mm. um, yeah. Um, I'm still looking for. I'm seeing just five guys again. I'm still looking for like this Bullet Club Gold shirt. Uh, maybe check Jay White. I already looked at the Jay Whites. It's not there. Okay. Maybe they don't have them yet. Maybe they don't. But, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Let me stop looking at this and focus on the podcast. But, uh, yeah. so said want to spend the next $100 on um, <clears> one. <throat> but, yeah, man. Um, I noticed I, I agree with a lot of things you're saying, man. Like I, Obviously, I said it earlier in the show at the beginning. But, um, like. I think it. I, I mean, we're past that point, but like, I think it's like clearly like we're beyond the honeymoon period with them now, and it's like, all right, you gave us this great stuff with you know with Cody and Jericho and MJF and uh, you know Hangman leaving the Elite and now returning to the Elite and um, Moxley turning heel now. You still have the found. You still have the foundational pieces except for Cody still like punk comes back and he was great when he was on tv he could be great again depends on who wants to play ball whoever else but if this shit doesn't work out and those guys don't want to work with each other it's gonna be a fucking problem and um like because it's literally going to be like cm punk ftr as you know people with, with some juice and our top guys in the promotion and nobody wants to work with them and it's going to be it's going to like it doesn't take too long for you to start to feel like oh this is Cody-verse type shit where this is non essential this, this is these are these guys or this act working with mid-carters and non other top stars isn't actually that important and um it could be rough so whatever happens you need to figure this shit out um cuz it's not going to make be for better tv if nobody's working with each other and no one has a, no one has uh anyone to blame for this except for and punk but um, I don't care. I want to see the. I want to see the toys rustle. Sorry, I don't care about your feelings, unless you're afraid someone's gonna drop each other on their necks and, and paralyze each other. I don't care if you don't like each other. Go out there and fake fight each other, please, for my entertainment.
2: Yes, I will hit the music. Dumb.
1: Okay, so we're going to cover the two main events uh, from June 4th and June 11th. Now, I know you guys are probably thinking to yourself, wait, is June 14th, uh, we haven't covered a podcast, or we haven't covered Stardom on a podcast since the last pay-per-view that was on the 7th or earlier in the month, like what the hell's going on? Uh, well stardom and i've said this a couple weeks ago like stardom has been backlogged as far as putting up shows that have been recorded but not posted onto stardom world for about a, they're about a month behind roughly on, a month James, behind.
2: How, how am i gonna maintain my status as one of the top 75 voices <laughs> stardom western voices if they don't upload the shows
1: i don't know you just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> i don't think is gonna change <laughs> but uh but yeah man Like, they
2: drop out of the top 75 man this is concerning
1: I, I don't think you're gonna drop out the top 75 because they can't if they don't have access to shit then neither if we don't have access to shit neither do they um yeah uh so you know like as far as that goes as far as giving you an idea of like how far behind they are so Tam and Mina had the red belt white belt un- uh, not uh unification red belt white belt match and uh has been the red belt white belt champion for like two or three weeks now and we still do not have the build up to uh, th- that show yet <laughs> on the fucking thing so, like like it's a, it's a full month behind like the last show they've had up in its entirety was i want to say 521 i want to say 521 um so yeah like it's it's been a it's been a real issue i want to say uh over the weekend they said they were going to put up this six eleven main event and that, like, they will shortly be resuming their regular schedule, which means hopefully they will have this shit straightened out and figured out before they get to the Grand Prix and it turns to a disaster. I quite frankly think that, like, they did, you know, nine or sorry, seven shows in nine days for Golden Week and it kicked their ass and they're behind on everything. And then they had to do the Mecca show, their Mecca retirement show, and they had a long dialogue on it. And they had to do all the translation shit and then shit kept getting behind and the traveling caught up to Sonny and it was kicking Sonny's ass and now he's trying to get back right and on track. Uh, but like a lot of people that have been watching and have been paying for their start stardom for stardom world subscription for, for however long they've been doing it, be like, bro, like these pay-per-views are coming up, I don't even have to bills some of these shits. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting spoiled on results for any of the stuff weeks before on your on Twitter before I even have a chance to even watch shit, even if I wanted to. And people have a lot of people have complained or felt falling out the habit, or a lot of people saying flat out, like, if if y'all are if y'all are gonna put up I'm not gonna pay for a month for a sh- for shows that y'all haven't put up for a month. I'm not pay- I'm not renewing my sub until y'all fix this shit. So um they need to get back right on this and that it, it that's that's just bottom line. Um but uh,
2: reminds me of, like that wcw shit back in the day where people have like negative title reigns like negative days <laughs> because like the shit hasn't actually made like tape yet but it was recorded and people
1: saw it like wow <laughs> i forgot about that yeah man like it's, it's been really frustrating and like that's been a that's been a uh a real problem like since since going into golden week like tam won that title the week before golden week they went into golden week and then like it's like
2: the company shut down <laughs> from there.
1: It, it, like okay, so you know, you know, we I talked we talked to you about that. I talked to you about this pretty often off air about like how they're you know wrestling fans, especially Joshi fans, are, can be really nitpicky about booking decisions no. for house shows and stuff, right?
2: Uh huh.
1: And like they'll immediately see the result of something without actually watching the match because the match hasn't been uploaded yet, and you're like, well, what are you complaining about? You haven't even seen what the fucking match looks like. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, I that's why for the longest, up until I took the trip to Japan, like, I always kept everything blocked so I could just watch the shit when it goes up and watch it and react to it like it was tended to, as opposed to people had the results and then shit on whatever happened beforehand. So, because ultimately, you know, 80% of the time, maybe even more, the booking ends up in, in, in from a total uh, blown out or or... or pulled out macro picture makes sense in the long run. Like, okay, this, why did this happen? Oh, well, this person getting into the fence in two months. That's why. Or challenge in two months. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but when it happens for an entire month of you get all results and no matches, you're kind of like, it it, it, it it does seem to your mind like, what the fuck's going on? So, um, you know, I guess in like two weeks we'll know what happened between Mina and Tammy to build up to the fucking match that already happened a month ago. Or nearly a month ago. Uh, but anyway... Um, June fourth, um Suzu Suzuki called for a generational struggle match. She called. Uh, she was assembled with, um, at the time, Sayaka Matani and uh, Micah and uh, called, and also Utami and called out Tam and Julia and Shuri and Mayu, and uh, they all had their pieces to say about you know like you're the old guard, we want opportunities them uh the main event mafia is saying you know we paid these dudes we've we bled sweat and tears and and all that kind of stuff to be here you guys haven't gone through the struggles that we did except for utami um because basically it's really about the red belt more than anything is what they're all talking about so uh utami and kamatani have both uh, been at odds during matches where, like, it's a lot of malfunction at the junction where they hit each other, and, like, now it's gotten escalated to the point where, like, their frustrations caused them to fight during the middle of matches, and then they get Man, broken I'm, up, and then they, uh, you know, continue having matches, or, or continue the match after that, but, like, you see, see they're clearly getting on each other's nerves. I am pretty intrigued by this. Right, right, right. Um, and that's the beauty of, like, you know, when you see something just because it's been a you see like the clips of it, but when you actually can see the whole fucking match, it's so much better, right? <laughs> but, but uh, anyway, um, so they all everybody comes out. Um, I believe the match starts with was it Julian and Tommy? I can't remember, but I because I watched the match like two weekends ago, but um, generally speaking. It's a back and forth match basically anchored on one end with Tam and Julia on the, on the veteran, on the, let's say the red belt side. And then, Uta- uh, Micah and Suzu basically anchoring most of the stuff on the, the young up and comer side. Um, and the interactions between Julia and Tam are basically like Tam is like getting her ass whooped after like after fighting through two tags from the opposite side and, she has a chance to break free to tag out and it's like, do I want, do I want to tag in Julia? Fuck it. I'll tag in Julia. Um, and then there's also other issues where like they, you know, they have team, you know, uh, cause you know, cause it's Julia and it's Shuri. That's the ALK former tag team. And it's Tam and Mayu on the other side. It's the former Tam Mayu tag team. And then you have Aphrodite of Kamatani and Utami. So like they're all at certain point towards the end, they're all throwing in like their tag team moves at each other, dives from the floor. Um, <clears throat> and then you get to the final stretch and it's Kamatani versus Mayu and they basically break out a high speed match at the end and they're, they're racing each other and people are coming in and making plays on the outside to try to, uh, save pins or try to, uh, Put people down for the count, and ultimately it goes to a time limit draw because because Mayu uh, goes up for the moon salt and like lands it, and then like gets a one count, and then as the second hand goes down for, as another hand goes down for the second, uh, for the two count, um, the bell rings. Thirty minutes, it's a blast. I think it's the I think it's my favorite uh, Quattro's match in Stardom since like the Queen's Quest, Donna Do stuff from 2020. Um, I remember Rich loved that man. I think you get four and a half at a time. I yeah. I didn't give it that high of a mark, but I would give this. It's over four. I don't know if I give it flat out four and a quarter, but like it was awesome. It was fun, and it, it they played off each other so well, and you could tell like Utami's like, why the fuck am I put with these three when I belong with these other four? Because I'm a fucking red belt champ, a former red belt champion. It's like they are, and it's like you're in- you're starting to see like. Where the hell is this, like, breakup or potential breakup thing with uh, Queen's Quest gonna go?
2: Yeah, a lot of cool cross matchups in this thing. Just like, oh, Julia and Utami are in the ring together. Let's see it.
1: Like? Yep.
2: (laughs) Um, And it clearly
1: teased, and it clearly teased, like, we know we've been protecting this match. Uh,
2: Sai Kamatani and Mayu, uh, you know, Suzu Suzuki and Tam, and then Suzu and Julia, of course. Um, I I was loving all the cross matchups. Julia and uh, Michael
1: was also awesome for the time they had. Yeah, Michael like came second, in was that second matchup, I think.
2: Wrecking House, she um, the, the I, I like the por- portion where um, Tam and Julia like end up kind of faced off in the ring against each other. Tam steals on her anyway, just like for old time's sake. Like, why yeah. wouldn't I steal on you? Like yeah. you, you in the wrong place, kind of. I'll just hit you, and, yeah. and then the crowd kind of laughs, and then um, Julia tags out of the match by slapping tam in the face yep um
1: and then tam was like let's go
2: yeah (laughs) i was like well this is like the
1: second time i think the second time they've ever had to tag with each other in any form like the one was the one like right after the the hair match where like they had to draw straws and then like they had to fight basically for money but it was like the same thing where it's like we're tagging reluctantly but if we get a chance to rock the other one we will because we fucking hate each other and i was like I love I love nothing more than watching how much these two hate each other. It, yeah, it will it, never that was it pretty will funny. never die. Like if they ever like if they ever like want like if Tam retires and like they hug at the end, I'll be like, oh, I don't want I don't like I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see that. I want to slap each other and they both walk away from each other. That's what I wanted to see. Stupid.
2: Uh, but yeah, I think by far the the most compelling thing is the Kamatani and Utami thing. Yeah. Uh if you've been waiting for tommy to get into something, it's the. It seems like the ball is finally rolling on it. Yeah. And um, I think this is a good way to take Kamatani out of the white belt scene and make sure she doesn't like kind of feel out of place. And it's like this kind of personal group thing. And you know, the the big criticism on Kamatani is like she doesn't have any storylines. She's not. Yep. Any, she's not any good at this this type of stuff. Yep. But or I think it's too
1: this, goofy. Yeah,
2: I think this is gonna give her a chance to uh, kind of stretch those legs, and you know they've they've had a match before, you know that I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, they, have,
1: they well they've had have they had two matches, Well they've had at least have, two. Well, they've had yeah, one since they became they were both in Queens Quest. Yeah, that that Budokan Hall match. Yeah, and um, yeah,
2: I I think this is this is where it's at right now. Until yeah. so, like we figure out, you know, where what's happening next with like the red and white belts.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, so, well, let's, so, okay, so, um, at the last pay-per-view on the undercard uh, that had the red belt and white belt match, um, you had Oedotai and Queen's Quest basically kind of throw down after uh, the tag match, after the tag title match, and they suggested, like, let's do a six versus six Queen's Quest Oedotai match cage match where uh the stipulations are six versus six everybody must escape the last person to not be able to escape is disbanded from their faction they don't have to join the other faction but they're disbanded they're basically exiled right um so those are the stakes for the next match uh for the match that's on the 25th the 25th of this month so a couple weeks so um the prelude match to that was five versus five Queen's Quest Oedo tie elimination match where it was it was basically a lucha tag. So there's no tags and uh, elimination. So pinfall count out of uh, submission and over the top rope elimination. So, so my
2: favorite time kind of elimination match. Uh, WWE should definitely steal this for Survivor Series
1: it would be so much more fun, because then you actually, like, beat people without having to worry about them protecting people with pins and stupid shit and goofy non-finishes and countouts. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, this was uh, Utami, Azumi, Kamatani, Lady C, and Amasaki versus Momo, Kid, uh, Nasuko, Saki, and Rowaka, and um, Elimination by elimination. Uh Rocky gets eliminated by, I want to say it was uh Azumi with a uh Lamisica and then a uh the Azumi sushi pin get her out of there. Um you had four you had four eliminations back to back where like Momo and uh basically Momo What was it Momo? It was like yeah Momo and uh Nasako and Utami and um, I want to say Kamatani all got eliminated off the top rope, and then the final two was on Queen's Quest. It was uh, Amasaki and Azumi versus Lit- versus a uh, Starlight Kid and Saki. Um, the final two come down to um, Amasaki and. No, I'm sorry. It was Azumi and in Saki as the final two.
2: I was, I was gonna say, uh yeah. Awasaki, uh impressed me in this match. I, I don't She's she is um
1: she she's her instincts along. and her movement in the ring have improved from like last year. Um quite frankly, I think it's just like she's gotten more reps compared to what she was, and like she wasn't wrestling as often as like the normal rookie had in the last few years and stardom. So it was like when she showed up, it was like in her first match against uh Utami, it was like oh, she's, you know, she could be like a Kamatani type or like, you know, clearly she, they're giving her gear where she's not like somebody that's just a, you know, just a, a stand. like somebody they feel like they could push in a year or two. But like her progress was stagnated and it was like, she's not on shows often. And it's like, I don't, I didn't see her progress in the way to like, you know, someone like Lady C progress. I'm like, okay, so what's going on here? Um, but like this year, um, in the ring, she just, she moves more confidently. And I think it just comes down to like, she's having more matches compared to, you know, a regular rookie was in the last few years. So good to see that kind of growth because, like, you know, she's, they put her with Azumi uh, in that, you know, that, you know, we're 20 year old tag team thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is a chance for her to like level up wrestling with somebody that's that good really quickly, like very similar to Kamatani and Utami. But, you didn't know if it was going to take or or how fast it was going to go, if it ever was going to go at the rate, but now, it's, now you're starting to see, and it's like, okay, and then, you know, you also had the, the, uh, the, uh, Yokohama Arena match with, with, you know, Fuka, or sorry, Fuwa and Hazuki and Utami is like, okay, she, she can now be in matches. You can trust her not to fuck up. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely liking her, the, the stock I had in her futures a lot more now, uh, than before. So, um, as you know, Saki she never she pinned Death to win the high speed title off of Azumi, but she never actually pinned Azumi, and people were wondering like, why the hell didn't she pin her? And then in this match, in the prelude match, Little needs a big win. Saki ends up getting her Flash Crucifix pin on Azumi after a bunch of near falls and having a mini high speed sequence at the end, and gets to, finally pins Azumi, and there you go, uh, she gets she gets to pin her. Um, so yeah, um, look, at,
2: look at Saki Kashima thriving in life. <laughs>
1: Telling you, <laughs> Momo got to take
2: notes. Got to get in line.
1: Now this match wasn't nearly as good as the uh, the main event match that we just previewed, but like I still think it's a quality match. Probably something like three and a half, three and, and three quarters. Um, I I did like the I did like the element of the eliminations, but you know they got through it so fast that like oh there see how many it was, hard. it was like ding 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 like yeah people get thrown fast people get thrown real fast. But um liked it. Do you watch the promo stuff at the end?
2: I did not see the promo stuff at the end. Okay. Was, was it translated?
1: Yes, it was. That one was okay. Uh, so so I,
2: the first one wasn't. So I assume right. the second one wasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nastia's on the mic. It says, you know, when we when you offered when we suggested having this um, the cage match, you know, we said that we're doing a lot of talk. That Otis is doing a lot of talking and not a lot of you know back walking or whatever else. But well, now we're the ones that won. So what you got to say now? And then uh, Nasco points out, "Is like, you know, what the hell happened to you? Like, these people, like, or it's like, Queen's Quest, like, they don't trust you as a leader right now. And, like, then by the end of it, like, Shit fucked up. At the end of it, like, you see literally, like, Kamatani and Azumi together walk away from the ring without Utami, and then behind following them is Amasaki and Kid, and then Utami's like, she goes out to the apron and sits there and, like, like, looks sad, and eventually, you know, gets on her feet and walks off, and it's like, they're playing the mental they're playing the mental games, what having in this win, and, like, it leads you to think, like, they're really they're really pressing you heavy to light. This could be the end of, like, do Tommy leadership era of Queen's Quest when, you know, one of them leaves, possibly, or one of them loses, possibly. So, um... I don't know if this is the, you know, the, the thing like, tr- you know, play hard or tease hard that they're going to break up. And then like you have them win, and it galvanizes them again. And because obviously like we're at the point now where like they're at the lowest they've been in a long time. None of them have belts. The first, it's been the first time in a long time. that none of, them, nobody's in Queen's Quest have belts. So we're it's Ryan
2: like, Queen's Quest right now.
1: Yeah. So, um, this could be like the, this is the story of them beginning to cycle back up. Um, if they win this match, so it's interesting whichever way they go. You know what I'm hoping for them to go. Like I need them to go ahead and you know leave Nasco or so, leave one leave somebody you know in that in that damn cage by themselves and then sad Oedo Tai breakup. Bye bye. Probably go somewhere else and has a better career after they leave Oedo Tai. But um, we'll see because you know Oedo Tai they they put a lot of. uh, Equity into tie ruins factions over the last few years, right? Like I think you know, they took Death out of Stars, they took uh, Kid out of Kid out of Stars, uh, they took Momo out of Queen's Quest. Like Star-like they've won him. a lot of these over the last few years, so like it leaves it gives you that sense of dread. It's like they're gonna fuck the, they're gonna fuck up something good again. <laughs> That's all they good for is, is fucking up, <laughs> fucking up something good. So, um, so yeah, like. I think 12 people in a, in a cage matches a lot, but I'm interested to see how it goes. And you know, like that's probably going on second to last set of the main event because, um, Rossi tends to book for, you know, sending people home happy. Like it did that cage match where, you know, Tam and Espoi should have been the main event last year, but like, because of the story, they had to do the, the fun main, the, the fun cage match at the end to get people happy on the way out. Um, I think that's the reason why, like, the, the hair match ended up the way it is, where, like, you know, Julia and Tam end up, you know, like, or Julia raises Tam's hand at the end because, like, they don't want to end on a sad note We're like, oh, it's over for, for Julia, because she's bald now. Um, so, like, I think they're gonna have, you know, somebody get sent off from their faction, they're gonna do that, and then, like, the main event will end up being, um, uh, the trios cage match between, uh, Mayu, Hazuki, and Kaguma versus the new trios champions Julia, um, Tekla, and Mai. Uh, another example of that is when they did the Momo leaving Queens Quest match. Like that in the main event, they did the that trios ladder match thing in the main event of that pay per view because some people weren't yeah. happy. So, like I'm assuming that's going on second to last. So people will be like, "Oh no, Saikyoshi was out of Queens Quest," or "or sorry, out of Oedo tire." Or you know, Tommy's out of Queen's Quest. Whatever. Nah, we're gonna have, send you sad, and then we'll give you another match to make you forget about the sadness. So I think that's what they end up doing. Carnies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be worse. He could just have you know that you know the tongue and spike, and then the, and then the and then the, <laughs> and then the spear, and then yeah, and then send your ass home. You know, and a nigga like this with both <laughs> and a nigga in the ring looking sad. <laughs> what a chicken. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about the chicken. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh man.
1: And they be like, so 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 how do we how do we come back from that? We have him fight Dominic Mysterio at Money in the Bank? Isn't that in uh? <laughs> the fuck? Isn't that in the UK this year?
2: Yeah, that crowd's gonna be crazy.
1: What's the date on that? I forgot. It's coming uh, up, isn't it?
2: It's like the first week of July, I believe.
1: Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. Yeah. But, but yeah, um. You know, when starting decides to give us some more stuff, we'll, we'll we'll be here to to cover it. So,
2: gotta maintain that status, top yeah. seventy five, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, but that's it of the show, y'all. I
2: appreciate everybody that wanted us to uh have been on uh Chris Jericho's podcast, <laughs> but I think the gentlemen that were on there did a fine job.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like. You know what the hell they're talking about? Stardom cast does a good job. Like I don't listen to them often, but I've listened to them enough and be like, oh yeah, I didn't know they're talking about. Um, I disagree with some of the stuff, but you know, I disagree with, with pretty much anybody's uh, stuff when they talk because it's an opinion about pro wrestling. Like I listen to JD stuff, I'm like from from League Retro. like, yep, okay, okay, okay. Oh, uh, here he goes, Barry the I again. Here you go. <laughs> here here you go. talking about Shihiro Oshimoto. Here you go. Talk about how like the, the indie scene outside of Stardom ain't doing shit. Here you go. Here you go again. All right, man, I get it. But, yeah, man, like, he covers stuff. He watches stuff. He has his opinions. I respect most of his opinions. Some things I just disagree with because, like, I'm not as into the Joshi scene. I see it as just other wrestling, and, like, he has his long, you know, established opinion of of, uh, of the stuff he's seen over the years and what he thinks will work or won't work, and that's why he feels how he feels. But, like, for me, it's like, hey, I don't really think about what draw what's going to draw 900 versus 700. I'm just trying to see some fun <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care like that. I'm trying to see the, I'm trying to see the night hit that shoot punch. Yeah. Like, that's real. They, them,
2: them sound like collision numbers. God damn.
1: Are <laughs> <Right this laughs> <time>. you <laughs> can you imagine they come out there to Saskatchewan and draw 700 people over on TV, bitch. No. There's one show that they have 800 something tickets out. It's like Hamilton or some shit right now. Oh my
2: God. But it's like three weeks away or some shit. So it'll go up, but it,
1: it ain't looking good,
2: man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, man. Uh, that's it. The show. Yeah. Be sure to raise whatever rap you're using. Listen to this. Um, go to the show notes in the descriptions in the show notes, and go to the Red Circle link and donate there, and be sure to just listen to the other shows on the network. Besides, when radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Rushing Show, Grown and Watch This Shit, the Grave, Consequences, the Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Mass Generator, get in the ring and meet the press lamb. Thanks for listening, to y'all. Later. Peace.
2: Make sure you stream Dream Machine, Act 1 and 2.
1: Later.